0: hello everyone and welcome to hotline league we are back at our normal time and day for probably only one week uh but it's happening all right it's back we're gonna talk about msi a tournament that nobody who watches this show actually watched as judging by the youtube viewership on any msi content that i put out uh especially mark's blame game episode most recent one
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, don't give a fuck about that.
0: <laughs> I saw you change the title. You copium changed the title ha- after a couple hours, and then it was. Did still I? Yeah, I think you did. I'm pretty sure you did. What did you do? I didn't I change the I title, did. and I thought the title got changed. So
1: no, I, I don't think I did. I think I might have had a typo in there. What was oh, it? I don't know.
0: Whatever. Regardless, claps
1: or claps and T1's Baron throws. No, that's that's what it's that's been the what whole it time for the beginning.
0: Uh, okay, okay, okay. Well, okay. not know. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, maybe we should have changed the title. Regardless. Yeah, maybe
1: we should. No one gave a fuck about that episode.
2: People have moved on from caps. It's not about that anymore. It's about blue side.
1: (laughs) I put it out four days ago. I put it out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, the moment I know that I'm on red side, we're instantly FFing. There's no use of playing. That's what Caria thought too when he just inted his ass off bot lane. He's like, no, it doesn't matter. I'm just not going. CC me, recon. Just kill me right now, we're on blue side. I mean, we're on red side. Well, what your you mouse mean, stops
0: it? working on red side. Let me oh, introduce some people. So that's first true. off, my constant co-host Mark Zimmerman is here. How's it going, Mark? Uh, It's good. We, where were you? You were just vacationing.
1: I was in Big Bear. big bear lake it's fucking um... post-apocalyptic it's drying out there's like all these waterfront properties that have like steps that are supposed to go down to the the water but there's no fucking water there anymore it just goes into grassland and then you have to walk a hundred yards to get to any fucking water it's it's depressing to look at
0: the drought has struck yeah uh there it's funny too there's um up there there's a couple bridges that are supposed to cut through the water And then actually, you drive over the bridge and you're just surrounded by dirt on either side. Yeah. The lake is gone. It's no longer going to be Big Bear Lake. It's just going to be Big Bear. Uh, Wow, that's tragic. Yeah. It's uh, welcome to Los Angeles. (laughs) Did somebody's uh, (laughs) laundry? (laughs) Laundry's ready. (laughs) Anyone want to get my laundry? Dear God. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, What else have you been up to, Mark? Anything else?
1: Uh, we went hiking I got a sunburn um, uh, they, there was a bald eagle in the area apparently so they didn't do fireworks they did a drone show and it was the fucking lamest thing I've seen like they just like go a formation and just spin while like you can turn tune your radio to listen to like some American fucking music as it's like a flag and then like a, a picture of California and then like an eagle you know it's just like so I did, I did. fucking lame compared to fireworks. I mean, fuck I listen, we're eagle. in
0: such a huge drought that I don't know if we should be setting off fireworks in the middle of a uh...
1: fuck fuck the forest and fuck that eagle. I want my goddamn fireworks for Memorial Day.
0: I just want to be clear here that the uh, views and opinions expressed by Mark Zimmerman on the show do not represent those of Hotline League or any brands that work with us. Anyway, I would have next, joined if there was I was like I was bug. I wanted to give Mark a whole lot of stuff to talk about but I he's he's now sacrificed his his moment. Okay, Raz. Welcome oh, sh- to the show. It's been hey. a day. How you been?
2: I've been good. Um you know, watched MSI. Hey, I'm actually having a proper sleep schedule cuz have trying to attempt, which is redundant, trying to attempt. Attempting to watch MSI while in North America, I have realized since coming to uh, from Berlin is horrendous. It's a bad yep. decision.
0: Um, Welcome it's, to it's, every international event for yep. the past half a decade. For guys, N A
1: just doesn't seem to care about these events. I don't understand why they don't wake up at two a.m. in the morning to watch yep. until eleven, and then just sleep the whole fucking day. Like, what? What's wrong with these?
0: That's what. That is what's so funny to me about the like the the huge sentiment of like, guys, North American viewership is going down the drain because we don't watch or we because we don't win any international events. So I'm like. You guys, like, nobody's watching this. Like, NA fans are not affected by it because they That's don't crazy. watch. You know what I mean? I'm like... You gotta... People so care funny. so
2: much about having, you know, proven Grounds and Champions queue. No, what we need to do is just be nocturnal creatures. That when an international event rolls by, that we can just have a watch party, I guess, in a fucking cave. I don't know, somewhere. Just, like, at some point. So we can follow the team throughout the event. I think that would be the, the best decision
0: i tweeted something about i tweeted something that popped off a little bit where i said um after eg went out i said the saddest thing about the sima size that's it's, it's international event number one million where the games are unwatchable for most na fans so people will just see the score lines and not realize eg actually looks much improved for most NA international appearances and we could talk about that on the show in a little bit but it was just funny to me the amount of people that replied and they're like oh wow as if like they should cater this the viewership to you guys or like there's also there's been all sorts of stuff, you know, that has been good for, naviership and all this stuff. I'm just like, guys, no, you should honestly go look at the amount of like MSI's and, and worlds in the past several years. Where like, you look at the hours, and especially on the west coast, it's like, that shit starts at like one or two, and is I don't done know by the like last seven.
1: I don't know the last international event I do need to fuck up my sleep schedule for. Yeah, like to to the point where for Ashley and I, like we just know twice a year, I'm going to be nocturnal. Yeah. And I think it's been, we've been dating for five years now. So like, yeah, it's, it's been probably at least 10 events. Cause I think it's been literally every, every, every international event I've had to go nocturnal and then like, all right, I'll see you I'll see you at eight o'clock tonight. I think the only time I was actually living a reasonable
2: schedule was when I was living in China. So <laughs> that's Yeah, of course. <laughs> that yeah. Um, yes.
0: I think it's, so that's the thing is I just go back to like, People are like, oh man, NA fans are just so tired of watching our teams lose internationally. I'm like, they're not watching our teams. We're just tired. You're just
1: tired because it's 2 a.m.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh it's just so funny. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, what else uh, have you been doing, Raz? You, you created some uh, content. Do you want to mention it so that people can- Yeah.
2: So kind of the idea behind it is I'm making just some, you know, quote unquote, regular piece of content called R&R, which is Raz in Review. Uh, the idea of it is definitely not a blame game. In fact, it is kind of just focusing on uh, positive, uh, you know, bits, that ideas, concepts that teams do. Like the last thing was just vision control uh, that I think it was G2, their defensive vision control. And generally speaking, I'll just like try and find specific things that a team does really well and just kind of highlight it. Uh, it's supposed to generally be like five minutes long because people just have pea brains and do not watch anything longer. Um, they can, but I think just for me, I, um, short pieces of content just to support kind of players and teams is great idea. And also it just, it's just a fun way of learning a few things. Like I've always kind of tinkered with, um, like Adobe softwares. And for me, it's just a fun way of like being like, okay, I can learn this a little bit. Um, and then if I want to do this more consistently, then I can actually have a video editor, but for now it's been something that I've been throwing in.
0: I do uh, appreciate that instead of doing blame game. You chose R&R, which has the same initials as Rift Reaction and Resin Refresh.
2: Rift Reaction? What yeah, but is
1: it's that? R, it's R&R. It, you can't just ignore a letter and call it the same yeah. acronym.
2: What the heck? Also, who... What is R&R? I mean, what is RR? You're just talking about a show called RR. That's awful. Whoever made that wait, name. Wait, wait, wait. wait.
1: You're going gonna to tell me you have not seen the uh rift reaction podcast callouts on the main broadcast that hey. right uh, that travis has paid riot for travis paid Riot. i paid, riot for those I paid them so much the money broadcast. people You're
0: will paying actually them out of your pocket people will actually believe that mike listen guys okay, good see riot that. needs as much <laughs> financial support as they can and if i with my massive media company travis gafford industries can support riot games esports because I don't know if you guys saw the fucking venue that they made for MSI, but it's clear that they've got some budget issues over there. So where, I am more video? than happy to provide some financial compensation to them uh, to support their grassroots esports initiatives.
1: Travis, where is that video? I didn't you didn't put it out, did you?
0: Uh no, I did not put it out. I didn't All put I it out because your... by the time I didn't know by the time the uh like they they kind of made some improvements for the semifinals and finals like it certainly looked better and they were actually doing crowd shots and stuff but yeah it's it's just it's hard for me to figure out like I I don't know enough to know if it was very Busan library in the finals or if that was just continued audio mixing issues
2: kind of sounded like to that to me I don't know
1: It's it definitely sounded like a library at points
2: yeah I don't know you can even see the reaction on their faces.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> my, my favorite was when the confetti started falling and only T1 was on stage, and there was oh, no yeah. one there to celebrate. And RNG is just at home lifting another MSI trophy, and T1 people are like, how'd they get the trophy there? And it's their own trophy that they had from last year. I don't know. There's a lot of... There's a lot moments happening
2: there. There's yeah. a lot
1: happening. I feel
2: bad for the people in production who are trying to find a camera shot of anyone that was excited. Okay, we can't find uh, T1 players? Hell no. Okay, T1 fans in the Oh, nothing. Uh there's a section over there in the arena where RNG fans are. Let's immediately go there because we're not going to go to the RNG like facility. Uh, for a while just, just show the stage <laughs> show just show city shots of uh, Korea
0: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, by the way uh, I want to no, make sure no. I don't forget before we start talking about MSI officially I to shout out Alienware and Grubhub for sponsoring the show we'll talk more about them later uh, but all right this is a good moment to ask because we had a pretty good rumble stage right and we still had the conversation about okay okay rumble stage does not save uh, this format etc cetera, etc, cetera. but after group stage before we had that show we had a show where we were talking about this might be the worst uh, League of Legends eSports events in re- in memory and in, in recent years at the very least and so I want to find out from you guys like do you think Do, do you still feel that way because I kind of still feel that way
2: so I think I've, I made this very clear on Twitter for everyone that was having a knee jerk reaction off of group, like the first group stage, first group stage has always been dog shit. Like it's never, it has, is literally never been good. The only bad thing about it is that they slapped uh this is now MSI. And rather than saying this is IWCQ or this is play-ins or whatever. And they added all the big teams there, but yes, it was extra bad because of the tech issues and all the, you know drama that came from it, the lack of transparency there's a lot that I felt that I hated about it. Um I think it got significantly better, obviously, but compared to every other MSI, it's been it's been pretty it's actually just been worse. Cause there is no competition in the semifinals.
0: Yeah, well, I don't I, I say... don't just mean from the the competitive side, Raz, but like what do you think about like you 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 came in towards the tail end of Hotline League last week where we had the caller that called in who was like Actually, the event, event kind of sucks in person. They mm. obviously had all the technical issues, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I know you were teasing, Mark, about not wanting to throw Riot under the bus uh, last week's episode. But I, I just mean, like I, I think across the board, this event was plagued with so many issues. Many of them outside of Riot's control, but in some cases within Riot's control. And I just, I don't know. It's hard uh, to, It's hard to look back at this MSI and be like, woo.
2: I'm going to say this last bit, and I want to hear from Mark. Like, I usually just rate... Events with fans, much higher than the no-show events in Iceland. No-show events of Iceland mm-hmm. just have no energy. They're trying to... They, they will always overcompensate by having, like, amazing... I'll just say CGI because I don't remember... AR, um, like, stage. So the stage becomes a bigger attraction and focus. But there's just no energy because there's no fans and everything, and you're bowing to nobody. So, like, for me, that always blows. So I think it could be slightly better than that. But the, the competitive side is... Um, yeah, the worst I've seen.
1: Um, I'm somewhat on the same page. I think the problem with this compared to some of those ones is while it did have a crowd, you had to deal with the whole like ping problem and then like the remake of the games and all that stuff casts a a larger shadow on it as well and having to remake those. So like the ones in Iceland where there was no crowd, I was like, Hey, at least we got an event, I guess, you know, whereas this one I felt more disappointed with um i also i mean people mean about the crowd not ending it lending a ton of energy i mean like i think i think the crowd was was still good to have um i I didn't really have too much of a problem with it but i think for a long period of time we got so spoiled that like from 2012 through 20 i don't know 19. yeah it, it was just all dubs for like or not all dubs but like mostly every event was good Um, even even if you had format complaints back then which fair enough but like at least there were usually no other like bigger issues surrounding them I know you guys were talking about it last episode or so just about
2: of the audience mics being kind of more muted and I've always hated that like if we're if the uh, casters and all are not going to be in venue uh, I would rather deal with the problem of the audience being too loud than I would be of them not having any voice at all like that one's easier for me to kind of handle as a fan we're going to be like, okay just turn it down a little bit or turn it down a little bit rather than being like oh we just hear nothing the energy of it is just completely gone like for me audience participation has always been what made good games um that's what made playoffs as huge as it was is when you can hear the fans just boom through the mics that's something that was hard like, I just think that that was probably the biggest miss. Um, because you players were saying, hey, it's not really a um, – what's it called? Even Peter uh, on Twitter, Peter Dunn, was saying that, you know, it's not a library unless if <laughs> RNG is playing. Like, they're cheering for every other team. But apparently, we're just not catching it. So, that's yeah. what really blows.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, – I – I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed in the event execution. Like I quite frankly, I feel like given, I, I see what you mean, Raz, about like, wow, there were fans here. That was great. Yeah. I just think I, I feel like Riot executed in both situations. They had different levels of constraints. I think given the constraints, they both have, like whenever you uh, control for both of those, this msi was really a big step down from the last couple and and from like iceland's well i shouldn't say last couple because there was a 2021 right but Mm -hmm. um the worlds and and the msi stuff that we've seen recently i just i don't know i it was it was surprising to me and i continue to really feel like it's not i'm just so tired of these like remote broadcasts you feel it right like Kobe and some of the Kobe and Dracos at one point in time were casting. I think it was in the rumble stage and you like the herbal is just talking about how sleep deprived they are. And I'm like, yeah, just that's not a great way of of doing this, you know, like actually send your your folks to the event so that they can, like, tell the stories of like, oh, I ran into so and so behind the scenes last night. And like they were they were having this conversation and whatever. It's just a, it's a very different vibe. And I know they've been doing this for a while and I know me fr- complaining about it again. It's not going to change it, but. I, I don't know. I I'd, I'd love mm-hmm. to see them really step up for worlds. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. What else is there to talk about folks besides MSI? We'll talk about, we'll take calls about MSI. I know that's probably gonna be the majority of, of this, but we haven't really spent I'm too sh- much time on LCS roster changes recently, do yeah. You have something.
2: I was about to say LCS rosters, cause I'm sure you guys will be talking about it in the next, uh, few weeks going into the LCS, but it's nice to just start talking about some of the announcements.
3: They I happened. don't remember
1: any I don't remember any of them, to be honest. So the announcements technically
2: happened during MSI, so they didn't get much traction, but like you can talk about Kenby coming into IMT, which is a big one. Oh, Lost yeah. in Ignar also in IMT, so that's that's a really big I do want to
0: do, do a call out where I'm I'm kind of disappointed in Golden Guardians. Golden oh, Guardians they're like, Yeah they're doing the coaching coaches back to competition type thing, um, which I find usually I, like- I felt like golden guardians did a really good job of running a uh, a team like a lower half team in a pretty impressive way and this feels very clg-ish or something you know what i mean like it's just let's let's bring in coach people who have basic who've played for a long time who've stopped playing and we're gonna coach and now they're they're back competing again and i think that that's a little disappointing
2: I can, if we have a call, we can get in deeper on that one. But I have a, like, point on that one just generally. Sure. Like, I think uh, veteran players, it, it, we always go back to it, but veteran players are probably the ones that have the best form of development in front of them. That It tends to die out when they lose passion for the game or competition in one way, shape, or form. But a lot of the times when meta changes um, or just, like, when anything, huge change comes at them they generally will be the ones that are on top because they've been in the system for a while and stick like killed academy he he didn't expect to be in academy i'm sure because he was expecting the coach but him and chime just like ran academy um up until he left and then Violet came in and then you know whatever happened so if they legitimately believe that he's a player that is all who's playing really fucking well which he is but also can develop and learn like who's to say that he can't still learn I don't even know how old
0: he is. But. I mean, they ran him previously. Like, that's the thing that's kind of weird to me is, like, it's not like Stixxay hasn't competed on that team before. And personally, I really like Sticksay as an individual. 25 um, years old. You know, and so it's it's tough whenever I, like, I don't want to be like, oh, get this washed player out of there. But it's just, it feels very antithetical to, like, the, the Golden Guardians moves that have happened before. I was wrong about who he, for Golden Guardians previously. And so mm-hmm. maybe I'll be wrong here. But I just, I'm like, Really, this is what we're doing now. Um I don't know. I just think it's it's a little disappointing. Yeah.
2: He's twenty five. I still think there are gonna be times in which a player is staggering or like, you know, not really finding that level of development. But I feel like he's we'll always see. We'll see. So like yeah. that's hundred percent. I think the weirdest one for me is uh kind of what's happening in their academy side plus their main side. Like they brought in leader, um and Acadian came back into the jungle. So it kind of feels as though there might be uh, at some point in the split, like a change up because leader and um, prize soccer, I'm pretty sure are friends. So like it's, it's, to me, that's interesting to look into as the split goes on.
0: Yeah. All of sweating, I think. Um, (laughs) And then uh, I guess we have the TSM investigate. TSM has released the results of their own investigation. Yep. Give me that one.
1: Someone has (laughs) to come in with a call of that one. There there is someone who has a take roughly about it, but I can't add them to the waiting room because they're not, all right whatever someone
2: has to come in with the tsm call if there's not one person that comes in i mean we
0: should have one but i also am kind of like what is there to say like i anybody who expected tsm to come out and be like we investigated ourselves and we fired reggie is i I don't think that that was ever going to happen yeah there's not
2: much to say about it but like if someone has it it is funny and
0: apparently they released like the the stuff about their coach, Coach Peter, at the on the same day, and the way they that released it, I think it was very funny. I don't
2: know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't end up wanting to read that one because we kind of already knew where that was going, and it was timed in a perfect way to get a heat off of Reggie. So <laughs> that was. It was literally like fifteen or so minutes. It just. Uh, it's so
0: fucking esports. The fact that it came out as a twitlogger. like yeah. I'm like, I, re- I remember rail- rallying railing against uh twit longer like five years ago i'd just be like esports teams need to stop doing that and then for a while teams started using medium or their own posts or like a text post to twitter which even then i don't think is great but like the fact that you're gone reggie's like oh the accusations of my uh fucking bullying and abusive leadership and management here's here's my fucking twit longer i'm just like wow yeah the
2: funniest thing was that yeah sure twit longer very esports
4: on his account!
0: I know, I know. You have know. a TSM,
2: you have a TSM, like, website. You have a TSM account that's been, like, pushing this uh, stuff about roster decisions and any larger decisions. Like, but you're like, yeah, they investigated me. Here's the result of the investigation. All right. On my account. On my
1: twit longer. I
2: was like, what the? <laughs> it was like, please make an attempt. Make
1: an so, attempt.
0: To... <laughs> it's so crazy,
1: bro. So, I, I heard an explanation on Reddit that, like, made sense to me. Uh, not that it makes anyone feel better. In, it's the, like, like, they don't want to call
0: attention it. to it type thing.
1: Yeah. It's like, you don't want to put something like this on your actual fucking website. Cause like sponsors and people will care about that. Putting on your twit longer can potentially make it sound more personable than like a corporate write-up and this way, like, you know, it's, it's not actually on your website anywhere. It's just on their personal channel. So it's like less official from the company that like our owner, uh, he didn't do anything illegal. Ayo, you know, like that. Yeah, I, so I, I saw it's, it's that way, explanation it, it too. It doesn't make it doesn't make it feel any better, but I think I can see why companies would do that. I I understand I think the, the strategy. We
2: want. I think the last thing we want is something personable to Reggie. If it's personable to TSM, then put it on the TSM Twitter account, rather than it being personable to Reggie saying, "Yeah, guys, I'm trying to make it so it's it, it's seen as I had no impact on the investigation." So I'm going to present the investigation on a twit longer. Yeah, online. yeah, yeah.
0: So that's why I agree. I, I, So I see both, both of this, right? Mark, I agree. This is the strategic play, but it's only the strategic play while fans accept that level of behavior. You know what I mean? Like, I think fans should yeah. be able to push back and say, like, how can you pretend that this is a TSM corporate investigation when TSM is not the one presenting... The results. It's the person well, being investigated, you know.
1: I feel like this kind of move makes a lot more sense when your company doesn't rely on fans. Like, if you make a, like, if you're a software company, yeah, you, you know, like, if if he just had Blitz, I don't think it would fucking matter because no one's gonna be like, oh, I'm a fan of Blitz. It's like, no, you use their product, right? But like, yeah. TSM fans are TSM fans of the team, and he's a part of the team, you know. Like, I just don't think it plays as well to your point, Travis. And A setting like this
0: like even I think and maybe like the you don't get to control the narrative as much but if you I think there's even a world where you like go back to Washington Post and you say like hey here's our our information or another media outlet and you say like hey here's here's the results of our investigation you can publish them and do whatever you need to and then then there's like kind of a third party handling it that's both not the person who's being investigated and also not the company itself but I, I don't know I just felt it's... I don't
2: know who's, someone needs to be in that room when they're talking about the final, like, basically points of the investigation and how it needs to be publicized. I know they've lost a whole bunch of people. I know they lost, you know. Uh, you think a, anyone I've but seen... Reggie was in that room? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, just yes, Reggie and his yes men. That's what it is. So it's tragic. It's tragic.
0: Uh, okay, so I think, is there anything else? Obviously, there's a whole bunch of MSI stuff. How are we looking on topics, Mark? You've pulled some people.
1: I've pulled some people. I think I think we'll be able to ring half a show out of
0: this. Okay. <laughs> Great. Great. The other half. That's, you're really, really high. That's a refresh. That's how we retain viewers. Okay. Uh, Mark, you want to go grab the first caller?
2: And he's already gone.
0: He's already gone. All right. Thank you to uh, ZD Wilson, ProStar. Zemelkai, Immortal Scrub, Snowy Phantom, Fast Ghost Blast, and Quiet Pirate, uh, for all of your subs. Thank you, folks. We're rebuilt. I know I say this every show, but we are we we lost almost half of our subs over the course of MSI. People, Raz, people in North America just don't give a shit about MSI. Next year, I should not cover it. I, I don't know about that. that one. That's not just <laughs> what do you? I saying? mean, you say it, but like it's just it's wild to me. Like uh, all the, the con- all of Mark and my content on the channel just hard dipped. During you know what you site. need to do?
2: You need to ner- You need to learn Chinese. I mean,
0: that's I've had people say that. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, that's why we're doing. Genshin, Genshin, yes. and LPL are our new
3: favorites.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, is it Ians? Is that how you say your name, caller? Uh, pretty much. Ians, where are you calling from?
3: Uh, Orange County.
0: Orange County. And you've been on previously, right?
3: Uh, yeah.
0: Nice. Okay, what do you want to talk about on the show?
3: Okay, so my take um, for today is that I think that none of the teams that made top four at MSI will end up winning summer because they played on a pre-durability patch game for a longer period of time than every other team. Just because their tournament runs were very long um, since they made top four, and also that Generally, to a uh, slump after MSI. Like most of the teams that play at MSI generally have a slower start in the summer. And I think that will mean that they will start way farther behind than every other team, especially the ones that are boot camping before the split.
0: Honestly, great, great take. I mean, it's not so one. I know obviously everybody's talked about that post MSI slump, but I, part of the reason I'm happy you brought this up is because there is um, some conversation to be had around. Danny and his tweet that came out immediately afterwards where uh, he said like I'm honestly just happy it's done and then like a bunch of people came out of the woodwork to flame him for having a bad attitude or whatever then he talked about how painful and grueling the schedule has been and how little time they have and I did an interview with Vulcan that'll be coming out tomorrow uh, where he talked about this too where it's just like they especially North America There was a tiny amount of gap because we had the latest spring finals before MSI started. So then you have to go over there, get ready. Then you've got, you know, all these weeks of MSI. And now, you know, LCS starts in a very short time. People have to come back further, the stuff out. So I think this is is super true, at least of EG. I think they're going to struggle a long, a long time. I don't know if it means they won't be able to win um, LCS, but... Uh,
1: Raj, so what, the take the
2: take was that not none of the teams that got top four win this summer split or just yes. specifically EG. Yeah,
1: none none of the MSI teams win summer.
3: Yeah, I Ooh. think that all of the top four MSI because they had a very long tournament run. That because there's such a short amount of time between the end of MSI like the playoffs and the start of spring split for their regions. That they're going to have a much shorter amount of time to get used to the durability patch, which is yeah. like a huge change to the game. And so they will start a lot farther behind than a lot of other teams that are preparing for the split for like maybe months doing boot camps.
0: I, so uh,
3: the, the durability
0: patch just hit relatively recently, though, right? Was it last week?
3: Uh, yeah. But, okay. um, it's not just the durability patch. I think that a lot of the champs that are good on the durability patch, like Olaf or Talia, also got their reworks after 12.8, which is the MSI patch. So like Talia was on 12.9, I think. So they will have less time to get used to like those reworks as well. Alright. Uh,
1: uh my first. minor minor thing before we hop into this take. Uh someone else had a take that EG wasn't gonna make worlds in summer, um, and that they only made worlds because that Lucky Baron steal. And if they didn't get that, they wouldn't have even, or excuse me, MSI. They wouldn't have even made MSI without that Lucky TL Baron steal. And like some people make, are like... They
0: don't make Worlds? Is that what that was? No,
1: they they wouldn't have made Worlds, but they also wouldn't have even made MSI if not for that Lucky Baron okay. steal. Um, and I didn't take that one because sometimes people say you just take the easiest calls to slam dunk as opposed to a more reasonable one like this. So I took the more reasonable one of the two about EG not doing well in summer, arguably. And now this person is raging in chat that I didn't take it. And it's like... You just damned if you do, damned if you don't. You take you take the hot takes. People say, you know, oh, you're fucking trolling. You take the reasonable takes. Oh, so boring. What a what a lame take. Go fuck yourselves, everyone. How about that?
0: I mean, done... he's
2: acting out. What are you gonna do about it?
0: Probably close to two hundred and fifty episodes at this point in time, Mark. That's always been the way it is. And then there will be Reddit comments is... talking about how boring our calls are. Anyway, the, sorry. Person,
1: the person raging in chat also dropped a KYS at someone else, so clearly I made the right call with this caller instead. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Wait, you, you actually f- did? <laughs> yeah. feel, feel free to boot them from the, the Discord. Anyway. No, no, no.
1: no. They're, they're, they're nice people, I'm sure. I'm
0: sure they're
1: just upset they didn't get taken for their call, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if that's acceptable behavior regardless. Anyway. Any
1: response? A
2: swift death threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. okay back to this which is how okay. screwed are these teams i mean i guess caller the real the real question here is like it can't do they have enough time to recover right like to catch up over the course of the next couple of months because i mean summer playoffs is quite a ways away so i like i'm sure i, I don't think it's that crazy to think that they're going to be slumping but i think the question is whether or not they can recover and I guess I'll, I'll turn to Mark and Raz to ask, cause I don't remember exactly, but there's been historically large patches around MSI time and teams have recovered in time for worlds. Right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of times that the team who won MSI makes worlds. In fact, it's only a single time they haven't made worlds. Cause, cause Kadril had a tweet about how shit it is for teams who win spring to then have to go play summer um and it's pretty rare that they win summer but it's also pretty rare that they just completely miss worlds as well i think i, I can only find i think i think i remember looking into it and i only found one team that didn't make Worlds one after.
2: Team that maybe they actually won out in champions points let me see if i won out in champions points in regionals no they for yes, sure so, came in regions
1: so, yeah there's RNG some was gone oh no i was gonna say the same thing yeah rng last year i think made it through uh like the the gauntlet runs there's been a fair amount of gauntlet runs that were required yeah, they made it through a gauntlet, but it was really tough for them. And like they made, they
2: went to MSI, won MSI. Uh, don't remember that one.
1: But yeah, yeah they won they, MSI last year. Mm-hmm.
2: So like, yeah, they won MSI. And then in the first four to five weeks of the LPL split, they went one in five. Like they hard struggled because there was just not, there's no time in between spring, you know, MSI and actual summer split. Um, a lot of teams, of course, went through that slump for good reasons. Um, but, you know, it was a bit of a struggle, but they went through in Gauntlet. So that's kind of like my answer on this one, is that uh, I don't agree with the caller in that all four teams will not uh, win their championships just because I think there's actually just quite a large gap for T1 and the second yep. team, Gen.G. Um, so I actually think in Korea it's pretty top-heavy. Gen.G can challenge them, but it's very, very difficult. Um, even if they went through the full split without the whole COVID catastrophe that the LCK was having. Um, oh, Dom one did change, but I also think that's going to be a harder run for them because uh, Nuggery had time off. So, yeah, maybe, maybe there's now competition, but I would still deem T1 to win the championship. RNG is a tough one, but seeing the finals uh, in the LPL, I think RNG is just a team that is a lot more cool, calm, and collected. Well, you know, <laughs> some of those teams will just... Throw everything, all their advantage away, even if they have more mechanically talented players. Um, EG, I probably don't, I don't think EG will win in summer, for a combination of reasons. But uh, and I don't think G two will win either. I actually didn't think G two would win this time around. I had more faith in Fnatic and Rogue,
1: but here we are. So I, I, I think T one would be the LR. You you control pasted my copy pasted what I was going to say too. It's the same thing for me. I think. EG and G2, while incredible, also had, like, these insane runs through losers. So even though they 3-0'd the finals, I don't think it was actually, like, just raw dominance of their competition. Um, so I yeah. expect them to struggle a lot more. I think to Travis's point about the rest as well, the problem is, like, you come back, and if you don't play right away, then you're just the furthest behind in the meta. Um but maybe well-rested. But if you scrim right away, you can maybe catch up in the meta, but then you're going to be, like, super fucking tired. So no matter what you do, there's no way to be, like, properly adjusted for the start of summer. You absolutely need to rest your players. Like, I I think... I missed the right one, too.
2: Yeah. Any team that tries to just say, no, we're going back straight into scrimming and we're going to go into summer split, you're just ruining your your team when it comes to playoffs or when it comes to worlds. Like, it's not a good decision. So uh, there needs to be a better... Place or strategy from the league side to make it so teams at least have some rest, either postpone the season itself or uh, give some of the teams like that one, you know, championships some time off. Um, one or the other, because it sucks. But to the caller's point, the, the split is long. So it just does not matter what happens in the first four weeks, especially in the LCS, where eight teams go into the playoffs. No, like, it doesn't matter if you just ransack your, your yeah. first five weeks. Like, you're still going to get into playoffs, and a, and a team like EG will still be able to make it into a top four position in the winner's bracket. Like, I didn't think they would win, unless if something crazy happens. Like, I don't think they're going to win the championship regardless. Um, but I just think that's a case of competition in the league.
0: I I think the the one thing to talk about just back on the... The NA side is like, the good news for EG is that C9 kind of roster blew up. And so they're going to have to be getting their feet underneath them. And then like TL and 100T are interesting in that. I don't know. Like they both seem to have issues that I don't know how easily they're going to be able to solve between spring and summer. And so I actually still think that even if EG have, like, a rough couple of weeks in the very beginning, like, they can and should be pretty competitive because C9's also got to play catch-up. And then, again, like, TL and Hunter T, I don't know. Those teams are just – it's really interesting for me to to wonder how they're both going to look in summer because I just feel like they both have to figure out, like, kind of existential crisis issues for their rosters as a whole. Um, Mark, are you trolling people on the – in the Discord. Not note? me.
1: Not me ever. Oh, no, yeah, no, he no, wouldn't no. do that. All right. No, no, no. Well, Lanes, like I
0: don't it. know if there's anything um, else or if, if we've missed anything that you, you wanted us to hit on, but it seems like there's kind of mixed reception to your
3: take. Yeah. Uh, for... The only thing that I would probably add is that I think that historically LPL has a lot of like variants, so I wouldn't be super certain that RNG would win again Um, just because there's a lot of shakeup in, like, the power level of LPL. Like, um, it's pretty rare for a team to win, like, summer and spring in LPL, I think, in in recent years. So that was part of uh, my take. I think for the LCK, I just thought that um, T1 showed a lot more weakness at MSI than they did during spring, and that may cause them to, like, try to reexamine how they they play, which could set them even farther behind at the beginning of the split, just to, try yeah. to like, fix the problems that these showed.
2: That's why I think that would be more of the reason rather than durability or the durability patch, or even just the time in between spring and summer. I think the time, oh, I see the same spring, spring and summer. The time between the, like, the event, MSI, and um, the, the actual split, summer split to begin with sure every one of those teams are going to have a bad first few weeks because they're going to take breaks and every other team is kind of searching the meta which the big changes and they're going to come to those conclusions much faster than EGT1 uh, RNG but those leagues are just competitive um, you know T- LCS is really competitive this time around so we're not going to have a case in which like Team Liquid went to an event and they're going to come back and everyone just kind of expects them to win the split again I- I Like we have four teams that you know, could have a good split and can make you actually believe that they would win. Like, this time around, we had three teams in finals weekend that we all kind of... You could come to a conclusion that they would win, right? Um So I just think it's more of a competition because all those teams will come to... Like, they'll learn and will get back into
1: the thick of things when it comes to playoffs. The, the other thing I'd throw in, too, is I don't know if T1 got exposed more than they did regionally. Like, they dropped some games and series before. They've dropped, like... The undefeated thing I think tricked a bunch of people into thinking they hadn't lost at all like any games during the yeah. regular season they, they lost a bunch and like you know that happened here they absolutely shit on G2 and then they had a really close series versus RNG you know like I don't think that I, I agree that they might take some things and experiment a little bit more in summer Um, but I, I don't think that they showed a lower level than they did domestically I think they just had tougher competition here
0: well thank you so much Ains, for the call anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break
3: um, I guess I'll shout out IMT. I think they'll actually be really good in the summer. And I hope that they make top four in Contest for Worlds.
0: IMT, you said? Immortals? Yeah. Ah, Really quickly, why do you think that? I'm curious.
3: Um, I think that the pickup of Lost is kind of underrated. I think that um, he is like maligned a lot more than what he probably deserves um from the community and also i think that the Kenby pickup was really underrated and it kind of went under the radar for the off season because of other things like the jensen pickup
0: well i wish you would called in with this take i i like this one more than i like the other one that's very interesting regardless i guess we'll have to find out so thank you Aaron, for the call and we'll catch you next time all right uh we're gonna take a quick break right now to talk about our first sponsor of the night which is Alienware, thank you, to Alienware, for sponsoring so much of what we do here. Uh, fantastic products that they uh, they make. We love Alienware. Uh, you can go check out their products. They actually, they, I think, they might still have a sale going on right now. Let me just see. If you're watching live, head over to Alienware.com because uh, you might be able to check uh, some deals on their site. Uh, regardless, they make some fantastic stuff including this beautiful i know you guys have heard me talk about it before this beautiful 34 inch qd oled monitor it's been getting rave reviews continue like people keep getting their hands on it reviewing it talking about how it's a game changer in uh the space right now and it's it's fantastic i love having it and playing with it it is so cool for a variety of different purposes even if you're a creative you should take a look into this because uh there's some fantastic aspects of it uh, for creatives as well, in terms of just color reproduction, et cetera. But beautiful, beautiful monitor for playing games, regardless. Uh, so, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. We really appreciate them. Uh, they make wonderful things happen for us. And we'll have some cool Alienware stuff coming up soon. All right. Raz is AFK. Oh, he's coming back. Uh, Mark is off to grab the next caller. Thank you to Quiet Pirate for the 29 months. Riot Wafflefoot. Uh, Land7j2 gifted a sub, Wafflefoot with the ten gifted subs. Thank you so much, Anonymous, uh, Lake uh, Fart Master Blaster, Oh my God, Joseph Joestar, and Shiny Froky. Thank you everybody for the subs. Softy is here. Softy, where are you calling from?
2: Especially Fart Master Blaster. Keep
0: going. Softy, where are you calling from?
5: Hi, I'm calling from Pasadena, in California.
0: Pasadena? Hey, not Ooh. too far away. Yeah. I was Pasadena these days. I haven't been over there in a bit.
5: Pretty good. I moved like I moved here like less than a year ago, so I'm hoping to see to go and see LCS once they're letting a lot of crowds back in.
0: They are letting crowds back in.
5: You missed it. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to get playoff tickets, so hopefully when summer split starts. Yeah. Hell
0: hopefully, yeah. hopefully they've got they haven't said anything about if they're gonna have an audience in for summer, but I assume so. I don't know. Hey, all uh, I know is they're having audience in for
2: that collegiate event for Collegiate Finals, top eight. So that, uh, to me, that's a
0: positive that's a indicator.
5: Insight. Well, here's hope and I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah.
0: Regardless, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show, Softy?
5: Yeah, so my take is that TSM won't be a good org until Reggie leaves or drastically, drastically changes. And I can elaborate. Um, if we look back in the past, ESM success came a lot from being one of the first big, big teams on the scene alongside others like CLG. Um, and in an evolving esports, sorry, in an evolving esports ecosystem, um, where not a lot of kind of management styles are very set in stone or things like that, they were able to kind of establish themselves really well, even though even through some of the flaws that have kind of come to light as of recently. And through this, they were able to get a lot of good players that won them a lot of titles. Um, but in the modern state of the league, um, people kind of understand a lot more that what's happening isn't in TSM isn't as productive for the organization. And so I I would guess that both this has affected kind of the results in the overall organization and that players don't want to join as much. And so I'd say the root of this is probably with Reggie, because we've seen a lot of things happening over time. No shade to him by the way. But um, I I'd say the solution is kind of a drastic change on his end or just leaving all right,
0: who wants to dive in first?
1: Travis, you're so passionate to me about this offline. You should take it.
0: Wait, when did we talk about this? I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying you're, you're wrong. I'm just trying to remember when we talked about this.
1: You must have been hammered because you were you were going
0: off. You go oh, you're off trolling. Again. Okay, okay. Because I was so like, like need... well, we walk, We went on a walk like a week or two ago, but I don't feel like we talked about this then. Uh, I can... Okay. Go on. No, no, no I, I can start. Mark wants me to start. Um okay TSM here we go I I think TSM faces a multitude of issues at the moment which will prevent them from having success in the LCS and it's not just Andy I think Reggie is one of those issues uh, because I don't think he can help himself from getting involved in the in the league side like I heard at one point in time that there almost needs to be like two gms like one gm that handles everything other than league and then one gm that can just handle the relationship with reggie because he focuses so much on the league side and can't help himself from getting involved it, i think to his detriment right because in the past you had basically like parth and rest do you have a oh, something going by yeah with... i
2: have the airplane just decides it needs to, yeah, 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 to no, fly by
0: I'm trying to give a speech here. Um, My bad. Top Gun's Tra- happening right next to me. Jesus.
1: Um, you know what? Mute, Travis. Leave Top Gun on. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> uh, I think I think that that's one of the challenges is like it's not so easy to just say replace Reggie because here's the thing is that Parth and Bjergsen, I think in a lot of ways, were GMing slash coaching that team for years. And them leaving is a huge issue As Well, so even in a world where you got rid of Like Reggie or he stepped down or something like that I think you still have a huge gap in terms of what those two brought to the organization And that's not to discredit necessarily the people that are over there right now, but I just don't think that they have like one Bjergsen was able just by sheer force of reputation to bring a lot of players in at a much cheaper rate uh, Than other teams could and also just to bring in great talent and he's not there anymore so there's no like incredible draw or magnetism that they used to face. And then I think the other thing that's happened is like they have publicly stated that they plan on spending less, right? Or like they, they feel uncomfortable with where it's at. Like their, their spending profile has changed dramatically from last year to this year. And in this league, it is very difficult to find success without spending a lot. And so I think that that's also something that has uh, caused them to have issues. So while I do think that you are probably right that Reginald and his now public reputation has limited interest in acquiring talent both on the Rift and off, um, I think you also have these other issues that are compounding TSM's problems and will continue to. So that's that's kind of right. So I guess,
5: what do you, I guess to piggyback off that, what do you think a solution to that would be?
0: Um, I uh, Reggie steps down and gives TSM to Bjergsen. I don't I actually I don't I, I I don't know what the solution is. I think you have to Probably one I do. I do think Reggie stepping down is a part of it. I do think that Hiring smart people and being willing to spend a lot of money is probably also part of it You just have to do that and it's up to TSM on whether or not it makes sense for them to do that I think there's a lot of debate about if expenses in the league are the way that they should be. So yeah. I think those are at least step one and step two. Uh, Raz, sorry, go ahead.
2: So kind of, I love the fact that you came up with that point as a segue, hiring the right people because you lost uh, people in parthen then Lena. Um, and also the players that were, as you mentioned, a big part of it. People want to join a team that has uh Bjergsen or double lift or, you know, a, basically if anything that gives you the, um, reason to believe that they will be a top team in the league you will like a good reason to join them or money and now they've gone and cut all of that out or lost all of that so my biggest issue with tsm is i don't know what their identity is um every team in this league has started to force like most teams in this league started to force an identity if we're not spending money then at least we're uh putting resources into our academy and amateur right we're we're looking to the next players uh so that we can find someone that we can hold on to and build a team around it, and then looking to coaches
0: something.
2: or even if you buy a or if you have like a notable gm or someone that you can say okay we're giving you the reins on this team so you can actually start focusing on building a pathway to the future we're not seeing any of that we know a, an assistant quote-unquote an assistant general manager in Glen. who the fuck is the general manager <laughs> like it like the most, the face that we've seen the most is the VP of eSports, if I remember correctly. Dominic. In Dominic. Mm-hmm. Like, there is still no forward-facing, uh, you know, person. Um, so, like, I think the direction that they have gone towards, as you mentioned, has been, like, going for... Um, at first, it was going for a Chinese talent that was unexplored, and they realized, oh, we don't actually want to develop players. Well, what the hell were you actually doing? Like... I, Like, they were always going to be rough at the start. At least they're keeping Shenyi, okay. And now they're bringing in Maple, and this is the same thing we critique CLG for, the same thing we critiqued um, IMT for, is that you are kind of still trying to build to win now, and when it ultimately fails, and you have a huge-ass chance of it failing, because the players are just, at least the players that you're bringing in are just worse than their opponents, and you don't have any reason to believe that the team dynamic will be any better, um, he still is going to have a challenge in speaking the language. Um, Then, yeah, they lose, and what are you going to do? Next split, we're changing everything up again because we're never going to actually commit to a decision that we're making, a grand, uh, uh, you know, idea. So PSM is going to be rough for a long time until they actually commit to something, until they have a central figure that is settling on, hey, we're not going to be paying a lot so at least our academy team is going to be a good team and not last place permanently, right? And we have someone that we can have confidence in in building in our academy and amateur system. Oh, are we going to pay a lot? Then fine, let's, let's start throwing money at the right people. Um, they're doing nothing as of right now, is
1: my issue.
3: Uh,
1: yeah. I think... <laughs> uh, here's one thing I'll say. I'm not sure Reggie's stepping down while... Well, Good or bad, you can debate. I don't know if it will actually have, like, a, a direct or immediate input because I I, I don't know how many players in, in the LCS were like, ooh, I didn't want to sign with, with TSM because of Reggie. Um, and if he is as hands-off as he claims to be with the LCS side of things, him stepping down won't help. Um,
4: yeah, I so, guess, the, the, I so
1: guess I, it- I, I'm. I'm. am not trying to push that he shouldn't step down. I'm just saying that, like, if you're a TSM fan, like, I don't, or like anyone, I don't know why you would think that this would help TSM um, immediately, unless like he really does have his fingers in the pie still, and he's just telling everyone he doesn't.
0: Okay, I definitely think he does.
1: I mean, fair enough.
5: Yeah, I guess part of it might be that the kind of outside and sort of kind of viewer perception as a casual fan is that he's very heavily involved which i guess might not end up being the case but yeah i guess it's something that we'll wait and see
0: i mean even if he's not in like one i think he probably is more involved in the roster building than is is depicted um i mean i think we even had that last time like whenever Dominic came on the show during spring split and couldn't give us an answer on who was making certain decisions it was in my opinion, that felt a lot like it was Reggie that had been making the decisions, and uh, Dominic was not in the, the position to be able to throw his boss under the bus. Um, so there's that. I mm-hmm. I do think I I disagree a little with Mark on the like I I think that. I think fans should be happy if Reggie does step down. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But, like, I do think they should be happy because I do think that it is one of the things that should happen in order for this team to really start to be competitive again. And so even even if it's like, oh, like, I don't think if Reggie stepped down today that, like, suddenly TSM would become the super competitive team in summer. But I do worry about the future of that team competitively as long as he is... um, so involved even just in terms of like the budget decisions around it. Right. He's like, he clearly doesn't believe in the league anymore. Like if you can go, if you go look at the media post that he made before around the imports, imports, import stuff, like I don't think he, he has much faith in the LCS. And so it's going to impact his ability to like commit to it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of where I'm at.
2: I think one thing to add, um, someone in the chat mentioned it, um, which I agree. I remember actually when the announcement came out that is going to be the head coach for their academy team. That's a positive. Like, there are positives, so maybe their academy team is not going to be last place. Or, like, at least when they brought in TakeOver, he had some good aspects, and I don't like the fact that they immediately just said, okay, we're not using TakeOver the next place. It was like, okay. But um, they're probably slowly getting better. Um, but it's hard for me to understand where, like, what trajectory they're going. I remember hearing that uh, Reggie wasn't involved as much in the player side of things this time around. Um, but how long that's going to last, especially since their investigations concluded, um, who knows? So it, I mean, it's one of those things they- where I personally don't have faith. I I, I just really don't. I, I think they're losing everything that made the organization what they were. They have lost the players. They lost the management. They're not really having a positive idea of picking up any high, like high uh, ranking players or at least high, high costly players, um, and they're not picking up anyone to actually take over the management side
1: that has a mind of its own.
6: <laughs> so. so
1: that that's where I agree the most, and, and why I'm not sure like the immediate step down fix anything because the the brains of the operation for the last couple of years seem to have all left in Lena Parth and uh, Soren. Yeah, uh, Bjergsen. So. Yeah, Jurgerson. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, if those are the three pillars of the TSM dynasty for the last six years, like, replacing them will take time. And, like, bringing in those things are are ultimately, like, maybe Smithy can, can, like, help turn the ship around, at least from the academy level. Who knows from there? You know, like, those are the kinds of things about, like, turnover. And, like, there's not really a fancy answer to the caller when he was, like, how do you fix the problems that Travis explained? It's, like, well... Start making good decisions. <laughs> you know, it's like yep. not not as easy as just like oh, they just need to do
5: this one thing.
1: Anyone selling simple fixes usually bsing.
5: Yeah, no, that's a good point.
0: <sighs> okay, well, let's see where were we, uh, Softy? I think we've kind of gone through all of this um, as as much as we can. I we largely I, agreed. Yeah, I, I think I think mostly we agree. It's just sort of we have, there's a lot of other things that you need to do, like, and oh, and, uh, but other than that, thank you for the call. Anything that you wanna shout out before we go on to the next caller?
5: Yeah, thanks for having me, it was a pleasure. Um, I'd like to shout out my mom and dad, love them a lot, uh, sponsors of the show and the podcast, and the MSI graphic design team, because I thought all the graphics were really cool.
0: Fantastic. I agree.
1: Take Thank notes, you. the greatest slogan of a tournament yet. Was the it? glitchy stuff I thought was
2: great. I like yeah. take notes. Okay, we're trying to we're immediately Travis, you hear a positive thing about the No, broadcast. because I'm pretty
0: sure Mark was saying it sarcastically. <sighs> okay, I don't yeah. think he actually thought take notes was the No, best. I was talking take, about the graphic. Take
1: over, uprise, uplift, ignite, unleash. I
4: thought make your cool. break.
1: Break, break is. your notes, take your notes and then break them. Unleash your note-taking capabilities? We're destroying something (laughs) that somebody loves. He said he liked the
0: graphics, he didn't say he liked the- the- the phrase.
2: All I'm saying is if I ever have a child, and if they have, like, ice cream or a lollipop in their hand, I'm never sending them in your direction. You guys are just gonna smack that shit out of their hand and be like, YOU'RE NOT REALIZING THE NEGATIVES OF WHAT'S HAPPENING IN LIFE, AND THE COST OF THAT PARTICULAR
5: CANDY!
1: I, too, am never having children for this reason. Yeah,
5: you've got the right idea.
0: <laughs> the, the next, the next, next year's uh, MSI will be sponsored by Microsoft because the, the phrase will be Open Excel. Anyway, thank you, Softy. I can't wait for the Skype sponsorship. Thank you, Softie, for the call. And Thanks, we'll guys. You, Have a good one. Catch you next time. Take it easy. Listen, Raz is going to do a fucking five-minute hype video about the the take notes thing on his next next positive (laughs) spreading yeah at least they
2: rolled with it pretty well that opening ceremony no one talked about it it's pretty good i liked it enjoyed it
0: i'm glad you did avura uh thank you so much for the sub very much appreciate it um it's good to see so many folks subbing right now waiting on mark to get back he's
2: enjoying himself over in that channel
0: taking a second to review my hello messages hello doctor doctor where are you calling from
7: the doctor doctor yes sir Uh, i'm calling from ontario Uh, which
0: ontario
2: uh canada okay there's only one ontario no
0: there's another ontario ca and it's (laughs) much closer to you right now We do
2: not recognize that ontario
0: uh what do you want to talk about on the show doctor doctor
7: um, the fact that MSI, like especially like the last two MSIs, there haven't been there hasn't been much point of there being an MSI. Cause unlike World Championship, which holds a certain significance, a certain like appeal to it, like if you win the world championship, you're like the best team, and world championships are generally like seem more important than MSI. MSI just kind of dies down the moment it's done. And like riot should probably do something to either make it more interesting, which this year I definitely feel like it wasn't. And to, like, give it a better reward. Uh,
0: What would you like to see them change about it?
7: To be honest, there's a lot of things you could do. Like, on things I've thought, thought about, you could add more teams, which is probably, like, the worst idea. But, like, make it, like, whoever wins it has the incentive, for example. Like, they automatically qualify to Worlds. That's one of the things. I think Catorle said that on his stream. He was, like, one of the first people to propose the idea that, like... The person who wins MSI should be able to get a free spot to Worlds because they have the most grueling schedule out of anyone who went. Uh, We're go- I'm please. gonna have
2: to have a talk with Cedro. That's an yeah, insane. Yeah, I know. Idea. He's been talking about <laughs> that on Twitter so, and stuff. Such I feel an like it's awful. Idea. Like it's
0: very one. It's it's a little goofy, but also like it's also a little redundant because I'm pretty sure. Mark, weren't you the one that was just talking like, when was the last time somebody won MSI, but then didn't make worlds that year?
1: I don't think anyone's ever won MSI and then lost. I think just qualifying for MSI almost always means that the team makes it to to worlds. I I don't think any team's ever won MSI and then didn't make it to worlds. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's ever happened.
7: Yeah. So that's one of the few hard shots you could say. The other thing you could propose is, you know how sometimes like if they decide like which uh, countries are like, which regions are going to have like three seeds or four seeds. You use MSI to determine that four worlds.
0: I mean, they already kind of use it to determine. Wait, do they use last year's worlds or do they do MSI? Because at one point in time, they were using MSI to determine something, right?
1: <laughs> uh, to, to be honest, I'm not. sure. There was a period of time where it was like the last four international tournaments. They to like averaged the placings of the teams to decide who were like the top four and whatnot. You know, like or maybe it was top. I, I forget, but like the they've changed it over in time to the point where like i don't even know they have never publicly said as far as i'm aware why ljl was the four seed this time around you know like everyone was confused about that still confused about that i don't think they've commented on how they drew up the pools for msi
0: all right anyway so you you just wanted to have some impact mostly on worlds it seems like dr doctor
7: Either they make MSI into some kind of like, because a lot of like other games have majors, right? But for some reason, unlike those majors, MSI isn't taken that much into like consideration overall. Like maybe it shows off like intercom international competition, though we got like because of like play-ins, like we got maybe not enough to be exciting. So like, what should be done like overall to make sh- sure that like this competition feels important?
2: Can I start out with? The first thing that I said, it was like an awful idea. Just to like iron out why an event that happens in the middle of the season should never pre-qualify a team for the like for the final event. There was once upon a time a team called naja and Black Sword so <laughs> that got 400 points, like circuit points within the region, and then instantly dipped into the NLB, which is like their secondary league. And then like they got rewarded heavily for like... Succeeding and doing really well at the beginning of the season, and then got instantly seeded basically into worlds, even though they were ass in terms of recency, and then instantly got kicked. So I was like, they got they looked much better, apparent of course, like when they actually came to the finals, if I remember correctly. But like it was it was one of those like the community went wild at the time of like, wow, we should never do this again. Like we should never have circuit points or like pre-seeding for something that happened earlier. So like. It's just something that we should never delve into. And if we do, we should be aware
1: of the history of, of pre-seeding it's, based off of that. It's it's for that angle, Raz, there's literally no upside to, to doing so. Because the only time that a team will benefit from this is a time where we don't want them there. Yep. <laughs> so there, there's no reason to pre-seed a team to Worlds who wins MSI. Because if they get fourth or fifth for some of these regions who already have four seeds, who are probably the ones winning MSI, you're like... Fuck, I don't want you if you're that bad. Like, yeah, it sucks yeah. that MSI tanked your world's chances, but also, no. And like, any anytime that teams get pre seeded, it happened with 100 Thieves as well, where they lost two best of fives and then made worlds. Everyone was like, it's time to kill this system. And we, like, literally the next year, the system was changed. You shouldn't be able to lose two best of fives yep. <laughs> and then go to worlds when you're clearly weaker than the other teams still playing. So here's uh, the reality. Like, if, the reality is either
2: there's going to be a patch change significant for the next split that harms them, or more realistically, whatever happened in that event broke them team internally. And so they're just like, you usually come out he- hearing about, like, oh, this team just didn't function anymore. Like, top liner, yeah. like, the relationships on this team was pretty that is shaken because of like this really bad experience at a boot camp or internationally. Like, no, just how about the team that performs going into the event
1: qualifies for the event, period.
0: Here's the easy way to fix MSI.
1: Well, Uh so before you give the reason to fix MSI, can I push back on the entire take and just say I disagree from the premise that there's a big problem with MSI beyond the, the potential format? Like... Do you think RNG is not happy? Do you think like the people who were competing weren't enjoying it? Like I had a great time with that. Like it was a good finals, more or less. You know. Yes, I do think that there's a
0: lot of people who who don't want it. Aren't allegedly, allegedly, and I don't know where this came from, right? Because it's been repeated ad nauseum. But RNG didn't want to be a part of it. Like you do have a thing where teams more and more are like, do we even want to go to MSI? This yeah, like the a, it's the not, scenes. they couldn't
2: go to MSI. There's a reason for that, Travis.
0: No, but this like... is not, this is not isolated <laughs> to this event. There's been a lot of teams in the past who have sort of whispered behind the scenes about like, is MSI even worth it because you go and then you suck when you get back and you yes, don't get don't any want time to, use to recover. RNG as an
2: example is my point. Like using RNG as an example, a team that was like hard, like, it, in a, the worst position possible the only time the only way they can actually participate is the, in the tournament is from Shanghai So yeah, perhaps they didn't want to go But if they actually Fine, had throw the it out the window to to Korea, and
0: Use the other teams that like or the other okay, discussion sometimes ahead. about if MSI is worth it like mark That's why that's part of it. Is that like there? We're not even sure if teams feel like it's worth it to go to MSI because riot has leveraged Worlds and push and pit Worlds so much on a pedestal that like this is why like everyone always has this weird msi identity crisis where it's like what the fuck is this tournament because we're spending half the tournament watching a bunch of games that don't matter and and i know you're going to talk about that in format but it's also just a matter of like the results don't feel like they necessarily matter like at this event i felt like the the it really came down to just that finals match it didn't necessarily feel like semifinals was even competitive like i i, I i'm not saying get rid of msi but i do think that like msi has bigger issues than just like the format's not great
1: yeah and and to that point the problem that i have whenever people talk about the identity crisis of msi is like we'll just make it matter for worlds it's like stop building worlds is the only tournament that matters msi still matters a lot like when you talk about these teams in the history like they've won three msis they've done this they've done that like people don't just ignore that msi happens i think there's this big belief that for some reason that no one talks about this shit but people talk about it all the time Like for the people that win MSI, they get a ton of credit. They don't just fucking disappear. And so I think that people who say that are are probably like getting ahead of themselves. The same way that like a bunch of NA teams were like, oh yeah, I don't even really care about winning domestically anymore. And then they go shit their pants when they try and like focus on winning internationally. And then they start sucking domestically. That's that's how I feel about teams who start like getting ahead. Like MSI didn't even really matter. It's like okay T one. Fucking blue yeah. side okay, you know, like <laughs> not, we don't need to go down yeah. to that road. Can I just Oh say, we're going down there later. Sorry. Can go I ahead. just
2: say just to like react to the initial question of like this is a very like Western, mostly North American perspective where the last MSI like didn't have a North American team at the at the semif- semifinals was PSG and Mad Lions. And this one we finally did, but like it was a 3-0. Like for sure, North America North American teams and fans would be like, damn, this fucking blows. But then when I saw the Reddit thread, record setting 2.1 million peak viewership for the finals of MSI. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Korea and China cares. Yeah,
0: okay, not <laughs> saying you don't care, but you're also starving them. Like, you're not giving them anything else other than Worlds and MSI. So, like, that's one of the, my frustrations is, like, you can point, as long as the esport is growing, viewership on the only other international event besides Worlds will probably also grow too because... You are just starving people of, um, of content otherwise. And that's why like they latch onto this stuff so much, but I that doesn't it. mean that like, I... you can't dramatically change this event.
2: So I do agree with you. I don't think that's like the question to be fair. Um, but I do agree with you. Like the fact that we lost Rift Rivals, I know North America and Europe are like Rift Rivals is useless, but China and Korea was like, this is actually one of our better events. This is a really fun event that carried a lot of narrative when T1 went up against RNG or when. KT was in the finals uh, in a in a huge best of five finals in in a the last drift rivals that ended up happening like there's I like a Rift lot rivals by
0: the way I just think it wasn't scheduled like the, it was a schedule so, issue.
2: my main point is more international events uh, events everyone will enjoy. Uh, now the solution isn't well, MSI doesn't matter like I would rather not have an MSI than have an MSI like this. No MSI was great in the back half of it in what's it called Rumble stage and then the finals they should clearly change his format. I don't think yes. anybody coming into this event said, "Wow, this is I'm glad this format's back." I was actually shocked when I saw that it was the same format that everyone complained about in the last MSI. Um does that mean we should just not have a uh MSI altogether? Because we as the West hated it because it was an a god awful period of time for us and also our teams were ass. No, like Change the event, the reality will still
1: suck for us, but everyone else will enjoy it still. So this is, to Travis, if you want to go off about the format, that that's my take on it too, is like the problems that MSI has are largely like with the format. Because I think for these teams, like Raz says, that are going back and forth in those best of fives, like... I feel like RNG is pretty happy to have beaten them. Like the coaches comments on Reddit about like, first they say they're going to 3-0 us. Then after the coin toss, is going to be a 3-1. Yeah, and Ming, after we yeah. beat them, it's 3-2. Or it was Ming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. It feels like people are enjoying it or, or like salty. And like there's emotional investment. I think the format can be a lot better because to the point about Rift Rivals dying, there's also a thing on Reddit about how there's only been three best of fives between EU and NA at these international events since like 2012 it's been like three total best of five so Crazy. thank god we we're in the same fucking group but like i think we're starved for more good international competition but like one of the reasons this format sucks is because you get one lpl lck final they're the only two teams close to each other eu and na just serve as like fucking bodies to climb over to like pad out the tournament when do i sucks. get to
0: say my my shtick that you interrupted me go ahead go so.
1: ahead now it's all you buddy okay Here you go. fucking Fuck god i'm gonna, I'm gonna right. leave for you so you can talk no Oh, I I'm, have to stay be, here I'm just putting
0: all these. things Stay here, so because I actually this is the meaty part of the conversation I want to have. I think the biggest issues with MSI right now are one, the scheduling is really rough on a lot of teams. I think that's actually a big part of the reason why a lot of teams debate whether or not they want to go, or like why there's this conversation, because I think like you have very little downtime to to get over there, then you have very little downtime to get back to the start of the league. So they need to like. At Riot, they now have a situation where all of esports reports up into John Needham. So they should be able to now brute force all these leagues and regions into actually having a schedule that makes a lot of sense. I don't think that there should be a world where like LCS is finishing like 10 days before the start of, of MSI or whatever. Whatever weirdness it was, it was really short. So, one, fix the scheduling. Two, go to uh, my YouTube channel and watch Mark's Blame Game on the format stuff. Nobody watched that episode because no one's watching any blame game episodes anymore. But watch that episode, because he talks about a really cool format called Swiss that would work. However, Mark failed, and maybe this is why people aren't watching it, because he said, oh, we should do this weird lopsided 12-team situation, when it's very obvious to me that you should just move to 16 teams, because then it's really easy to make that format work. And we're at the point now where like, you get four teams from a lot of regions at, at Worlds, so it's safe to say send two from each of the four major regions. Fuck it, I don't even. It's like to, if you want to say NA doesn't get one unless they do well at Worlds or whatever. Sure, like send it to fucking some other region or something if you want. I don't care, but like actually have more than just one team there so that it's it's like. It, it, you actually do end up with like really interesting things on like who's going to bust her out. Like you have more chances. Like part of, part of the reason Worlds works pretty well is because you can sometimes have these underdogs like outperform the teams that are more expected because you just have yeah. more teams there, more chances, et cetera, et cetera. So fix the schedule, invite two more teams from each of the major regions, and like then this will start to feel more competitive, better, and like you'll build better storylines over time.
1: Um. Here's why you're wrong about everything you just oh, said. No, God. I mean I think this. no, no, no. I think, I think everyone agrees. Like, if there's a way to build more room for MSI, and this is to the caller's ultimately to drag it back to his point about not feeling like MSI matters, it's because so much of the tournament is like dead air right now, where like what you think is going to happen is is what happens um like did anyone think we weren't going to get an lpl lck final aside for like that like two day stretch <laughs> where where g2 was looking good before they felt the wheels came off you know like it's just so long to reach inevitable conclusions and so yeah. wow. there's a lot of ways to fix msi but just treating it like its own prestigious tournament would be the best thing you can do give it more space in the middle of the season a mini worlds is kind of like always what it's kind of been booked as but it doesn't really feel like that um so if if John Needham or whoever at Riot can give the tournament some more space to invite a couple more teams to make it feel like its own more prestigious event. I think it would it would go a long way to Travis you No, know, I'm gonna
2: say it. I'm gonna say it. Say the it. Theme of it being a mid season invitational where they get the champions of all regions
1: sucks. It blows.
2: Paid. It should
1: be good. It it should be good, but there's just not enough parity between the leagues yeah. to make it good. It works in it works in Valorant because for
2: whatever reason, I know the reason. Like. We can go into the depths of it. Um, you know, regional competition is there. You can have a Latin American team actually go pretty far, and they did. Uh, you can have other teams do well. But, like, having the champion of Japan come in, or the champion in Oceania come in, you're like, you are in... No, the Oceanic champion would struggle versus an academy team. Like, the top academy team in North America. Like, and it's not coping. That's li- literally what happens. Like, I was a part of a system way back in, like, 2014 or 15, I forget, where, like, the best Oceanic team, the Chiefs Esports, went to North America to just, like, boot camp for uh for IWCQ, and, like, the, the challenge was amateur and academy. Like, that is just how it is. And,
1: so you don't even have to just make it shading the minor regions, like, realistically, most of the years the north american and european champions would struggle to get top three in the eastern regions like there's been times yes where g2 is legitimately competing with these teams but the majority of the time no fucking way (laughs) um you know like a a lot of the tournaments the eu and na teams wouldn't even, you know, stand a chance in in playoffs for these other regions. And so, like, to that point about parity, it's not just the minor regions having no chance against the major. It's within the major regions. Even some of the pool, pool one seeds are not close to each other. Just Danny in the chat just said that was 10 years about Oceania. Like, we can't have
2: both opinions or both cakes where it's like, oh... Uh, you know the oceanic players coming in an academy is like overbloated and there's a community going wild and saying, "Well, th- this North America amateur talent is as good as this oceanic player," but then at the same time say that an oceanic team would do well versus a North American team. Like, uh, no. Good. And I'm not. Gonna, that's a completely different subject. I'm not going to go I want to. I want to wrap up. I'm not uh-huh. going to do it. My main point <laughs> before you wrap up is just simply I don't like the idea of champions in every region coming together. I think you need to have. Like the second seed team and I'll say second seed for now from Korea, China, like Europe, things like that, to add more teams into the mix and just more competition. That's what I would want.
0: All I want to say at the end of this is I hope if somebody from Riot is watching this and listening to our opinions on MSI, that they take notes. All right, uh, Dr. Doctor, (laughs) anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller?
7: Uh, thank you guys for having me here. It was fun. Um, I really liked what you guys said because I was thinking about the same thing. Um, I actually don't know what to shout out, so I hope you guys have a nice day. Dr. Doctor, I'm going to shout you out. Thank you, good sir. In fact, I've been I've been wanting to do league eSport content because I find it really interesting, but it's really hard to find a way to get into it.
2: I would just say make videos, do some, do the dumb shit I'm doing, where I Don't just do like it. push out YouTube videos. It's and a disaster. Out... No, it's not because it all cr- of us conversation.
1: hate it. Uh, so you know he's not actually being We're
0: serious We're tortured too, souls.
1: But like... be, be, <laughs> become not... a, become a Twitter analyst and quote retweet bigger content creators stuff and just argue with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's you how you do it. it. That's that's how you but do like, it. That's yeah. the best way to do Oh my god.
2: Or or if you actually want to make content, I promise you what I have the way I got in was literally, I had a blog. I was writing about either the Chinese league, um, at times North America, but mostly Chinese. That's like that, that was my brand at the time. And then I added the bigger content creators, uh, like for me, it was Kelsey, frost, stuff like that. So if you want to make content. Just like go in, just do it, make the content and add the people involved and they will interact with it. If it's, if they like it.
0: Just wait until you finance one of your closest friends shows. He puts a ton of work into it. And I think it's seven K views.
7: Anyway, thank you, so much, Dr. Now, Dr. <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. doctor. Now, buddy, thank you so much, doctor. Doctor, mine's showing eight hundred and fifty-one viewers. I think it's bugged, but okay.
0: Yeah, you're already on. The, you're already on the. Okay. Anyway, no, no, I was talking about hotline league. I was talking. It's about, about blame game. Anyway, it's, why well, it's you shooting the
2: just... hotline link too, doctor? Doctor, I don't know about that one.
0: <laughs> doctor, doctor, get out of here.
1: All right. Oh, nice. <laughs> he's fucking booted him out I did.
0: here's the thing I right click and then always when I'm pressing the button somebody says starts to speak and then it just sounds like I've like murdered them. Are we, okay? do we have an ad read or should I no, get the next no, no. person you can grab one more one more caller and then we'll do an ad read after off Mark goes thank you to Benjamin and Eugene Eugene for was, the subs thanks everyone that was too fast Mark that was too quick Camden okay. is here Camden where are you calling from
6: uh ventura county california
0: ventura california we have a lot of california colors today what do you want to talk about on the show
6: so my take is something a lot of people probably thought coming out of finals and that is that t1 coaching staff massively underperformed this msi
0: oh
1: i believe you mean the coin massively underperformed this msi
6: yeah so well i want to talk about the game five draft at some point but um, T1 was able to create massive advantages the vast majority of early games, and the coaching staff both weren't able to find a way to transition leads or draft in a way that makes winning the mid and late game simple. And Yeah.
2: Boom. All right. You go out of this one, Mark. <laughs> well, I, I,
0: I want to I? I also just ask more broadly speaking, uh, Mark and Raz, like, there was a ton of flame that was going around for for drafts all over the place. I feel like it yes. can, like, lately the and mark you kind of talked about this uh, during lcs at one point in time that like the it feels like the new meta like twitter analyst meta is to say oh my god this game is over that team just lost draft it's over i can't believe they drafted this champion and then it doesn't matter if you win or lose because what happens is if you end up being wrong and the team that you flame their draft wins you just say oh my god so good that that other team threw up baron because otherwise there was no way they were ever going to win this game with that draft it just took that team literally into Travis
1: you uh, you now realize that you could be an analyst Boom, you, just like it. That. you cracked it. You don't actually need to improve your game knowledge at all. I think it's especially funny in game five when, like, they're bottling fucking ints, and they're like, God, how are they going to win with Jin?" And I'm like, how are you going to win when you fucking kill yourself level one? <laughs> 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 it's like, who cares about the draft, dude? They played like dog water. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is a bad draft, but, you know, come
2: on. I'm going to... Here's here's what I'm going to do. No one has said this yet. I, it's been nagging at me for a bit. I'm going to say it. It's not that. I mean, everyone kind of knows whenever it comes to drafting conversation is generally not the coach itself. It's the players and the, Dude, oh, yeah. Does and everybody, everybody know things. that?
0: Whereas, I don't think that's what everybody does. It, it's,
2: it's constantly discussed, but like, so it's constantly discussed, never heard. Uh, well, what I'm going to say is what is the main point. So like the main point for me is that everyone's been speaking is, has been praising Zayas, um, you know, but the reality was when they were on the second game, like. And I'm pretty sure at that point, they believed that RNG was going to first pick Wukong. Like, they banned Jax on three. Um, like, fully aware that Bin, if he gets Gwen... Uh, they weren't going to go for Gwen. But if he, if they could get Gwen, that they were afraid of the Jax pick. So it felt like they were aiming to go two, three... Um, you know, one, two on um, Gwen and then ban out the Jax. But they didn't have the Jax in their favor. In fact, every single time... The Gwen was picked on the opposite side, it was the Jace that was something that they would go for. And in fact, throughout the entire regular season, the amount of Jace that this man has played was disgusting. It was a first pick Jace throughout the season. Felt like they didn't actually ever want to experiment on anything past that. Um, Zayas just didn't have a champion pool like that was even comparable to Ben. Like Ben can play a lot of things. The question on Ben is how much he into the beginning of the split or at times the regular season, like, maybe it's a motivation thing, who knows. But Zayas, like, if you're really hamstrung on red side, if your top laner can play, like, really a matchup that is not optimal, like, you can't really do anything. So then you could say, okay, why don't we ban the Gwen? That's a good question. I actually am really surprised that they banned Galio the entire time. We all know how good Galio is in RNG's hands. Most of the time, it's a first pick and you know clearly that it's going to go mid lane. Sure, you can go support, but RNG will go mid lane Galio, and I thought personally that T1 handled that very well um, the last time we saw Faker go Tristana, or just play for mid, and any time Galio uh, went sides, they like hard punished it. So yeah, to an extent, I think their strategy going into pick ban was poor, but I also believe that they just were pretty tied, uh, that Zeus didn't have really any other champions past Chase that he was confident with. Um, into the matchup, and if you are going into Gwen and you are, you have a lot of bands that you need to go for. Yeah, that sucks for that team. It sucks a lot if you feel like you're hamstrung every single time you're on red side. I, I think most teams, a lot of teams, will generally prefer red side if they have a larger champion pool for them from their players. Um, so yeah, did they think they needed blue side? That's yes to their specifically for that team. So. I'm sure Polt didn't want to criticize his player, and he should. You should absolutely, like, at some point, own it a little bit. Um, not come out and flame the player, but say, yeah, we were limited on this side, or well, we were just worse players, we were worse teams. Something that gives credit to the opposing team, because what he did was, like, horrendous.
1: Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's just so funny, too, because, like, by most metrics, they wouldn't have gotten blue side anyways because they were the lower seed coming into the like the thing. The the, the coin flip is actually I don't know if it's new this year or if it was last year too, but like traditionally the higher seed team gets side select. So like they wouldn't have gotten blue side. Like I, I'm actually glad RNG got blue side because <laughs> they should have had it because they they were the higher seed yeah. from from the group stage. Um, and to that point, like I agree the drafts were not good. I I didn't like their game one draft I actually. That was one of the few things I tweeted last night or two yeah. nights ago, whenever it was. Uh, I didn't like their game one draft. And then you talked about game three, game five, leaving up, they banned Nautilus over the Gwen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And to your point about the player stuff, I guarantee you, Polts pull, pulling Zeus aside being like, hey, dude, they're going to first pick Gwen again if we leave it up. Is this a problem? And he's like, nah, dude, I'll crush it this time. Don't yeah, worry. It. Give me the rock, coach. Give him Gwen. I don't give a shit. Ben sucks. You know, like, players start thinking Jace. this way. They say this shit all the time. They get egos, and they're like, no, he's not good. He's not good on Gwen. I'm better. He just got lucky. Like, they're just ganking me. Like, just, just give me more words. It's fine. Like, I guarantee you some level of this conversation happened between Polt and, and Zeus, And, like... People are going to flame Pulse drafting, but like 100% to your point about champion pools, but also just like the ego that players develop to be like, no, 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 no. He's not that good. Let him have it again.
2: Yeah. And just stubbornness generally. It, like, I know hearing the impact interview with uh, Ashley Kang on Horizon, like talking about when he shook hands with Zayas at the very beginning, like early, early on, like that, you know, he's like, okay, you could tell he was nervous, like he was shaking, like those type of things. Like, you, I don't want to psychoanalyze, but like there's a million reasons why a player would if he believes firmly this is how a matchup should go or something or there's an expectation or all these things that he'll just like stick to it and be stubborn in there rather than changing things during a series, right? So, that one harmed him a lot. You're right about game one draft, like, the Nocturne when you're you definitely don't want to die <laughs> full,
1: full poke comp with nocturne in it it's just like what the fuck did you yeah. make it was the trollest draft i've ever seen it's like yeah. they didn't even win the early game they picked like multiple early game pushing champs don't get an advantage in the early game it's just the fucking yeah. stupid it's the worst draft of the i think it's worse than game five's draft to be honest people talk right. about ga- people only ever talk about game five drafts at the end of a series but their game one draft is actually the worst of the series it was Can I
6: comment on the Nautilus pick in yeah. or the Nautilus ban? Excuse me, in game five. So um, I think Raz said earlier that you know the players also have a say in like what they're picking. It's not only the coaches. But I think that the Nautilus ban was a coach idea. I think they wanted, knew they wanted to pick Yumi on four five, and so they didn't want like RNG to blind Nautilus. And so um, I like think that was that. So they they banned Nautilus because they wanted to pick Yumi. And then when Carrier hovered I, Zillion, they, they like, I think it was Carrier's idea, but the coaches were like, hey, we prepared the Yumi. And then they went ahead and picked that. Um, but I think you shouldn't draft in this way, like thinking so far down the line.
2: I, I wouldn't want to go too far in that direction. Just because it was, it was a first phase ban, you're never planning that far ahead, like four or five. So much can happen within yeah. your draft. And I don't think, like, I, I firmly don't believe that that was the case because that. They're a great team. I'm like I know as much as like the community and ourselves are like r- uh r- like raving on them. Um, you unless if you are going to be picking your Enchanter that early on on the first three, you're not going to be going five pick Yumi being like yeah we were planning this from the beginning. <laughs> um, so I, I that's why I wouldn't believe it. Um, but I do think just in general they were a limited team and they were really successful domestically because of how talented their individuals were. But the moment they face a team that was equally as good, um, maybe a l- tiny bit worse can be you could be c- make the case on certain players, though Gumi Yushi just, like, Amber herded it. Um <laughs> what the- <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, like, I think outside of that, um, I would absolutely say that Worlds will be better <laughs> for T1. It'll be better for T1. I, I think you need to face like good competition to be to realize that your mid game, your drafts need to get worked
1: on. Uh, to to that point too, like they were insanely dominant. I I don't even think that this is a hundred percent troll. Where I said G2 mind controlled T1 into thinking they had good drafts. I think they're so used to winning early games so hard that like it's kind of whatever. Because so many of their drafts are about prio and pushing um, and like. You know, you can't sacrifice your team. Like at least in this meta, maybe it'll change in the future. But like in this meta, I thought I'd been demonstrated that team fighting was super important. And so yeah. many of their drafts are like, eh, it doesn't matter. We got the put shove for the wave, and it's like I don't think like Kate, Morg, Jace, Azir is actually ever gonna like be able to team fight. Like this just isn't like how the meta plays. But yeah. they're so dominant regionally, and then even at different points in this tournament, that they could kind of just draft whatever and roll over their competition. That like RNG was not a team that they could get laning advantages against as easily. Um, and they didn't have, to Raz's point, like these other playstyles or pools to fall back on.
0: Well, Camden, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out?
6: Yeah, discord.gg slash lab. And uh, I have an Alienware monitor and computer. Um, I didn't you, use man. your promo code for either of them, but uh, I do and I enjoy them. So thanks awesome. for having me on.
0: Well, thank you for uh, grabbing Alienware products. We'll catch you next time.
6: There
2: we go. All right. He was an independent man. You didn't need your code, Travis.
0: We're going to take a quick break to talk about Grubhub. So this week on Grub uh, in Grubhub news, I am promoting because uh, I think there are some folks of you that have still not used it yet. Before you've never tried Grubhub. Right now, you can use code NEWTRAVIS, Travis N E W T R A V I S and get ten dollars off your first delivery with Grubhub. It's it's always on, so you know you don't need to do it this week but you should do it this week, um, and that, that works for the first 500 people each week. Uh, so please go check that out. If you haven't ever used Grubhub before, use new Travis. I'll put it in the, in the chat, and I'll also put it into the uh, into the description. Uh, Lane Plock says, what should I order? I was waiting for the code. Well, again, you need to make sure that you, uh, you haven't used Grubhub before, but um, I don't know what's available in your area. I'm sorry, so I can't give you advice, but uh, find something delicious.
1: Some kind of fried chicken. It's uh, fried chicken is never the wrong answer. I
0: True. have been Grubhub has been so helpful for me the last couple of weeks because I've been on this weird sleep schedule, like everybody covering MSI, and uh, boy, golly gee, have I ordered a lot of Grubhub. Um, maybe too much Grub. No, you know what? There's no such thing. Anyway, thank you so much to Grubhub for sponsoring uh, the show. We appreciate you guys, and I hope all of you appreciate. That as well. Does the code for Alienware work for the ultrawide monitor? Uh, not at the moment. It doesn't always work on brand new stuff to answer the, the Twitch chat question. Um, but we're working on getting a link where even if it can't, you know, unfortunately won't necessarily give you a discount, but it will do a happy, a situation where we're able to get some, some of that It directly supports us, maybe is the best way to put it. Mark, are we ready for the next caller?
1: Yeah. I didn't know if you were, let's do it.
0: Hello. Arsh is here. Arsh, where are you calling from?
8: Uh, I'm in SF right now, but normally uh, I'm in Santa Monica. That's where I go to college.
0: Nice. Okay. Man, everybody from the damn. Southern California area. Uh, okay. What do you want to talk about on the show?
8: Uh, I said I'm a G2 and Caps fan all the way, but the way they collapsed during, World's, or not, sorry, during MSI was apparently burnout, which concerns me severely for summer because I've never seen in my life Caps burned out. Never heard of it. Uh, and if it's happening now, it's really scary for the Caps, Claps, Craps sort of narrative, I think.
0: What, can so you, Can you expand a little bit on where you're hearing the burnout stuff coming from?
8: Uh, like, um, Slackhead talked about, like, it was a really long schedule. Um, also, like, if you just look at how they're playing, um, it really seemed like there was, like, I mean, there was a lower level of play, right? Like, after after g- Day 2, um, Caps ga- caps gapped Shaohu uh, in their one game against them, and then after that looked worse and worse. I didn't think his um like performance during the best of five was anything notable, which is really sad because I really like caps. Um and I just thought that like over time, like it looked kind of like how EG did, where it was like their flashes of brilliance looked fewer and further between. Even though I think as I think Mark mentioned earlier, like I don't think the three O's were necessarily indicative of like NAEU being so much worse. I think there were worlds where like they both take games, but I think that G2 did not look as good as they could have, and like over the course of the tournament, they looked worse and worse. And
1: that's concerning. Totally tangential to this. It uh, has, well, has actually totally irrelevance to this. Just wanted to toot my own horn for the EG versus G2 compared to the T1 versus, uh, uh, wait, no. RNG versus EG instead of the T1 versus G2 matchups, where I said mm-hmm. it was more likely that EG won the series uh, uh, more likely that G2 took a game versus T1 because T1 was just too dominant. And then G2 just gets absolutely booty blasted and EG was more competitive. I was like, yeah, you know, it was both 3 0s to Travis's point about like we're debating like 1% chance of things happening, but uh, totally irrelevant to everything you just said. Sorry, I just had to slip that no, in. I, I think it makes again. sense,
8: right? Like G2's stylistic matchup into G- T1, like how they played this year, was also pretty bad.
2: My name is Mark, and I hear your question. I'm gonna ignore it and pat myself
1: on the back. <laughs> you know, I just before I forgot, I forgot three or four times I meant to say, and I keep forgetting. So here you go. All right, Raz, here. you 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 go salvage this this call for me.
2: Um, I don't think it has anything to do with the uh, the schedule. I do think the schedule is rough on everybody. Um, that's just how it is once you go through a, a long split where it is just permis. Um. Uh, you know, playing scrims and getting into a new region and all this stuff. It's probably better from the side of T1 and RNG. that are just, like, chillaxing during scrims while North America in particular, but I'm sure you are, like, getting thrashed against specific, like, uh, Eastern teams. So I know that that's just going to have a lot more uh, external stress involved. Um, But I I wouldn't have really allotted to that. Watching the actual finals itself, I mean, T1 was just already... I felt like on a good trajectory in the Rumble stage. Like they beat RNG in the final game and it felt like their drafts were getting better. I know, you know, the finals incident is something we kind of just talked about. But in their semifinals, I, I actually just enjoyed their draft, specifically the, Le, the LeBlanc draft uh, where they could play sides and they actually literally just could play team fights better. I enjoyed their, that was their game two draft. Um, I thought that they had played the game one draft really well. In fact, I was just talking about how Baker Tristana, Playing into Galio first pick, guaranteed mid, was a great decision. I wish they actually followed through that on that one from the team that originated that an RNG, right? So yeah, there were some uh, there are some ideas that T1 had in this series that I really, really wish they carried on to the second series. So T1 T1 just were just better. Um, that's a good and, point.
8: I mean, show best Galio in the world and you don't pull out your insane counter. That's yeah, I that. crazy.
2: I don't know. Maybe it's like they were afraid from scrims. I can only imagine just because like. In semifinals, you're playing the team in the other, you're scrimming the other uh, team in the other, um, uh, what's it called, group. I mean, people, I think I remember hearing that uh, RNG was maybe scrimming EDG just because they were out, you know, they're in China. But no, I I would guarantee that they would be scrimming someone. Anyways, back to the point is, yes, they should have carried some of their drafting philosophies into the finals. Um, They just played better individually and played, uh, had better drafts. Uh, And also just kind of go into G2 a little bit. Um, even in some of the wins that they had versus the top tier teams in Rumble stage, they were like the one versus T1 at the very beginning. T1 had a horrific draft, and then at the same time, their bot lane was losing early on to Guma. Um, I, I kind of felt like that was going to be a constant, where G2 just had an inexperienced bot lane coming into a, uh, um, an event with like top tier bottom lanes. Um, so they finally came through. I think they'll be better in
1: Worlds, but I don't think it's I don't think it's burnout. I, I hope it's not burnout. I, I was worried that you're about to drop some, like, interview or something that I hadn't seen on, on Reddit or something. So uh, I'm sure they are somewhat burnt out. I, I think everyone by the end of MSI is like, God, just get me home and let me yeah. fucking sleep, you know? Like, yeah, I think, like,
8: like Danny's tweet. I, I think it was more like that from Flockhead that I saw. I don't think it was explicit.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, in, in that case, like, it sucks for them that you know you go to Razor's point. You kind of get your ass blasted. You come home. Everyone else is screaming ahead of you. There's probably pressure. Yeah. Uh, all these things are gonna make you feel bad. But uh, if it's not like the player saying, "Oh God, I'm burnt out," then it's more like a. Na- <laughs> this is, sounds weird. Like a natural tiredness that comes with the job <laughs> for a lot of people versus like uh, the one that always stood out to me. I think it was 2016. Fnatic when they were just like turbo grind lords and like by the end of worlds, all the players were like, I would rather be dead than scrimming right now, but we're deep in worlds or whatever it was, a, you know, 2018 yeah.
0: worlds, uh, was, it was a career, right? 2018 worlds. Uh, yeah, right. I think it's 2018 perks, perks and perks was just like, I, I can't fucking do it. Like he mega burned out and talked about that in the interview after we yeah. were done. Yeah. Or maybe yeah, the while team... they were going, I think it was when they were, there, there's, they there's
1: was. multiple teams as yeah. well that have had this. Yeah. Yeah, so the
2: team like that would probably, and this is just me speculating, that would have the least issue of burnout is like a T one that didn't have much of a playoffs because their playoffs format is ass. Like they're also <laughs> doing a cakewalk during like uh, during their split, um and they their actual event is in their region, like so mm-hmm. is in Korea. So well, it's Busan, but still, like you're at least not that far away from home, and the now, time now change now not that crazy. So. China would I would say RNG would probably have the biggest case because they're they have a gulag of a playoffs format and <laughs> like the regular season is this constant game and they're trapped 20 teams and they're trapped in their own house for months like you can imagine that for them it's like I just don't even want to be a part of the event you know as you, as Travis said earlier like it's very' it's very possible maybe even likely where players are like yeah I, you know what I'd rather not join or something like that um, but every team is gonna at some forms have some burnout and would want to have a break at some point. But I wouldn't allot it to their reasons for
0: failure. Yeah. I just I do I do think that given the schedule and all that stuff, um it's it's I can definitely understand Danny. I'm a little it's a little or weird. Or RNG if,
2: having to play the three extra games.
0: <laughs> I
8: forgot about that. Scrim uh, no. no. games. Solo queue games, I think True. was that, that was True. I literally solo queue for
0: them. I do feel like EU has had and maybe i'm wrong but i feel like eu's had the easiest schedule this year because they had giant weeks off while Riot went on vacation and all that stuff and so oh they're
4: three yeah, weeks
1: off
8: in the EU middle was big chilling i think they, yeah. i was annoyed as an lc fan i was like where, where is content yes.
0: yeah well uh, let it be known else LC- for all of their issues lcs actually just bullied through it while lec was like vacation time uh LCA, anyway
2: they, hey g2 still went through lower bracket and they have a more egregious lower bracket than we do. They just, if you are not top two, t- top four teams, you are playing nearly every other day. Um, so I think G2 still had a lot in terms of play. They didn't have long series, a lot of 3-0s, but still.
0: <laughs> Arsh, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller?
8: Uh, yeah, uh, Dignitas League, I hope they do well with Gamsu because I've been writing for their site and stuff. I've been doing a lot of... Um, blog writing on my own and I'm writing for Dick and Toss now so I hope they do well cuz that would be cool. Uh, also I have a any for you? Oh yeah.
2: How are you being paid?
8: Uh, it's <laughs> it's I I would be willing to talk to you about that off stream kind of but it's actually okay. it's I've talked to some friends about that so
0: It's uh it's, listen. Think? He gets the finest it, mouse pads that anyone can get.
2: See, the mouse pads are all. It's what is about
0: arsh <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, did you have anything else you wanted to say? I just or?
8: wanted to say any female league casters that are like amateur or up, I'm writing a piece about um, sort of like this railroading stuff around uh, female league casters that I've I've been seeing for a while, and I'm, I'm really interested in like that kind of thing. So if you are watching this and you're a female league caster, uh, please reach out to me on Discord or Twitter. Um, I would love to talk to you about it.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Arsh, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Cool. Thank you. I saw somebody um. in – what mark
1: no you go first i'm gonna say something unrelated
0: yeah i'm gonna say something unrelated well uh, Ga- then Gabriel I'm in the unrelated. chat and the twitch in the the pleb topics chat had a take which was travis is so negative which influences the majority of the fans to hate lcs and i was like hey i bring him on the negative creators out there people actually you know what Bring this person out if they're still there.
1: Dude, they're, they're not even in one of the voice calls. It's going to be a whole thing. It. It's 850. Listen, no one watches our fucking show. There's 800 people here. You th- what reach do you think we have? You would have to 100X our viewership and we still would be less than the LCS. How many people do you think are watching our shit? I
0: just want to say to any YouTube potential sponsors time? or current sponsors out there, tons of people watch our content. We have amazing we reach. We have
1: amazing reach. I can give anyone army. to do anything. I uh, literally brainwash people to buy your products.
0: But, but uh, uh, I in the future I am debt Mark in the future I am down. We could have a side chat about it. But like sometimes I see these people on my YouTube comments and I am like, come on the show. Uh, well, so
1: finally our our last caller is a more co- combative one, but more for the broadcast.
0: Okay, uh, whatever. Either way, I just thought it was very funny because in a follow up message they said he only likes TSM. Wait.
1: That's you it's me
0: i'm the fan the mega tsm fan who only likes tsm anyway you want to grab the next caller no
1: my two things one i feel like staying home for a tournament if it's close to where you actually live is unrated about how op that is compared to people that have to travel deal with cuisine that they don't normally eat or they have to eat like bastardized versions of the food that they actually like or you have uh Sleep problems, where you have to deal with jet lag and all these things and not living at home. Um, I've heard so many horror stories, like teams when they go like, I am Katowice and stuff, and you're like, wow, this was was terrible. Un- unironically, T1 had a had a home field buff, for sure, but no one ever talks about home Wait, field didn't, buffs.
0: Didn't RNG yep. also have a home field buff? No, it's different.
1: Technically, yes. I would, I, I would I don't. Say, I
0: think that they had a really great home field buff.
1: Well, I, I, if people want to say that playing from home while obviously there's a lot of psychological problems about being trapped inside for months on end that I know Raz is making a face about, but at least like... (laughs) I I, I understand that, but at least like in front of a crowd, like the level of nerves and the stage shaking and those other things you hear people talking about, you don't have to deal with. And it's closer to like your solo queue experience. I do think is a home field buff, but I'd also say like T1 got their own home field buff being in in Korea, uh, even though it was, like you said, in Busan and not Seoul.
2: Not a lot of the conversations were like, there are like good topics about not having white noise in your, I don't know, once again, I would love the transparency, I really wish Riot had done this, like, hey, do they have white noise in their ears, because sometimes they can do fabricated white noise, like, if there isn't, then okay, like, that's good to know, because it's not necessary, but also that is an advantage to not have, like, this blurring noise in your ear, um, you know, like, just, like, there are a few things that I wish that we could have known, but that's fine, right, um, but yes, like, the factor of Not being able to leave your house for months is uh, definitely not, I would deem, a home field advantage. Because, like, they don't get the negatives of, um, what's it called, sleep deprivation if you travel just literally like an hour or two to just Korea. Um, You'd be able to go there, enjoy yourself a little bit more, food's somewhat similar in a way, kind of depends. Like, they definitely, if life was more normal, would appreciate going to Korea. Um, and if life was more moral, normal, yeah, just staying at home is, is pretty OP, but like for them, it was not good. And How's also, no, they would have a barber that wouldn't fuck up their hair like they were doing at their own establishment, guys. Their hair was fucked up. Like, <laughs> it was
0: just is so, it like how Mark's hair has very... been lately? Or?
2: Oh, no, don't do it to him. That's... My hair is fine. Honestly, that's why the last blame face. game
0: struggled so much. If you go look at his hair in the last blame game. I think our completion rates are getting hit really hard by that. People are too together. So the to get
1: the out. other take I'm going to give is that the T1 saltiness at losing is good for the scene.
0: I, I think it is. I, I this is tough for me because I, I want to. I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. Uh-huh. Uh, I was pretty disturbed by how much like racial conversation I saw happening at this international event.
1: Well, t- to be clear, I'm not talking about the fans. I'm saying T1 themselves, oh, being yeah, salty, yeah, 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 Faker yeah. being salty and not giving any credit to his competition and saying, like, no one impressed me. You know, like, that stuff I would say, while not professional, you could argue, or, you yeah. know, like, oh, you should give credit. You should not say that. You should own your mistakes. Like, I think it's kind of funny that they're so fucking salty and when they go back to Worlds and if RNG is there and they play each other, it's just better storylines. And another thing,
2: too is like you know how we're pretty lucky in the west that all social media accounts are just at the end of the day like it feels like it's run by 16 year old like (laughs) memers that just interact with everything i think it's good because like the the end goal is that you have at least some um you know relatable entity that can ease the minds of your audience or like
0: confirmed relatable entity
2: there it is well what RNG did, I felt like after the finals, their account was great. Like, it gave credit to T1, said their players were amazing. It interacted with the T1 LOL account and saying, hey, you know, GGs, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, the fans certainly are definitely rabid at each other for the reasons that we were talking about. And I felt like it was good sportsmanship for the team to want to do that. T1, no, didn't do it. The T1 LOL account, I think, is a lot more, um, you know, the typical... Uh, P- Eastern PC, yeah, yeah. Yeah, PC stuff where it just doesn't do anything other than push the graphics and all that stuff. The actual T1 account, not T1 LOL, actual T1 account is a lot more of that because it's supposed to be the Western face. And so you, because they have a lot of other Western uh, entities, uh, but it doesn't interact with it, just doesn't. So I thought that was pretty bad. I understand that the Korean um, fans are pretty pissed right now. And so them giving credit to their opponent. Maybe wouldn't go off too well, but they absolutely should. Because the combination of that, plus what we saw from the actual T1 players and coach, is just, it feels really poor sportsmanship is what it came out. I think the only positive was literally Joe Marsh on his own account saying GG is for RNG for running it back to back. Like that was good on him. Um, I would definitely like to hear more from, you know, the entities that actually have like a pretty far outreach to the Korean community like their social accounts so please that's just for that's just for them if they see this which they won't
0: <laughs> let's get the last caller
1: all right last one blaze okay. through this
0: blaze through it hackleberry Blazy. thank you harry nguyen thank you and so many things thank you uh Atis is here Atis, where are you calling from
9: uh new york city
0: new york city what do you want to talk about on the show
9: uh, so, my take is that viewership is dropping because casters and content creators don't understand how to tell good storylines.
0: Okay, so first off, fuck you. No, uh, where, <laughs> where, what, <laughs> what, no, first off, uh, when you say viewership is dropping, are you specifically talking about LCS? Yes. Uh, okay, okay. So, well,
1: did you also know that the, av- while well, the peaks were up for MSI, the averages were down this year as well?
0: I, did, I did not know that. I, uh, know I guess anyone me. in the
1: call. Yeah,
2: yeah I knew that.
0: Uh, <laughs> only <laughs> okay. because
2: like 30 minutes ago, I searched it up and I found that. So I was better.
0: Okay. So go. let's go ahead and elaborate. So uh, you, you you think uh, the storytelling okay, casters and content creators, which are the three of us and more, uh, do not know how to tell good storylines. Explain.
6: Yeah.
9: So I want to go back to, I started watching esports back in StarCraft II when Huck and Idra were like the pro- prominent figures in, uh, North America. Yes. And when I was watching them, I didn't really give a shit. They didn't bring anything to the table. Uh, it wasn't until M, uh, MLG where I am MVP and Nesty came along. They were the best Terran and Nesty was, uh, the professor where he kind of built units and always knew the perfect amount of units to build, to defend every attack. Um, that brought storyline to everything. Uh the Liquid Hero. Um, Day9 actually made a video where he likened Hero to Bisou and his play style in, in Starcraft 1 from when he flipped the entire play uh, win percentage in PvZ around in one tournament. And that really brought like a, a storyline and something to tell the tale of that player. In League of Legends, CLG versus TSM, I didn't really give a shit what I was watching. It wasn't until Azubu Blaze came over, I learned from them, I learned on Life. he was the god of Blitzcrank, he turned. he won games purely through his hooks. Um, and I followed him up until 2016, 2017. When he was on cj entus uh even high was he was uh called like the shot caller it's like a role but it was for him it was a moniker and it really told his story and right now there is no story in the lcs for any player like i think bjergsen he a, he was he succeeded in spite of not having a name and double lift also succeeded with it in spite of not having a name but there really isn't like a, a story to tell for any player. Oh and my god, okay.
0: Okay, so, uh, wait, hey, hey
1: I- do you wanna go first or can I throw a little joke in?
0: I wanna, I, well, you can throw a like little the joke, joke first, in, but I, joke I have a lot first. to talk about even just from the premise of this stuff. Go ahead, Mark.
1: Uh, so the funniest thing to me is, and this is tongue in cheek, but you're talking about storytelling and narrative and Twitch chat was a thousand percent lost on where the fuck you were going with this point. <laughs>
0: And no, it's no, just, no. I think Twitch was mostly lost on. Oh, okay, like so the, for me. No, 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 no. I, know, I know. Go ahead, Travis. Travis Sorry, ahead. Atis. I got to first off blow you Atis, up for the SC2 to know. stuff. Because I want you to know I, that I
2: didn't laugh at Mark's joke.
0: I got I into esports through SC2, and Huck and Idra were huge fucking names. Do you remember the hallucinate meme where, like, you know he
9: surrendered, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Yes, rendered before the battle.
0: Yes. Yeah. yes, Idra surrendered upon seeing Huck's what were they void rays or whatever because he and yeah. then they were actually halluci- hallucinated. You like, know those that shit halluc- was amazing. Right? What are you talking yeah. about? Huck and Idra were huge, and then also, okay, wasn't Huck also on TL at the time? And then yeah, yeah, like, and I so, so like you also had the the I did like. You
9: I didn't like, like Chef, these players, they weren't like exciting to me. And people are more likable to players than teams. When you say like, oh, this team is on a five game win streak. That's like a fragile storyline. Cause as soon as they lose, that storyline is gone. Whereas if you say like, oh, the unkillable, unkillable demon King is playing like that's going to live on if whether he wins or loses, it's going to become a meme. Like the insect, all these like iconic moves in League are like a storyline in a way.
0: I so I one. I think it's. I wasn't done yet. CLG and TSM, which you also said you didn't care about until like Mad Life showed up, those were like crazy OG rivalries that basically formed the foundation for Western League of Legends stuff. Like it is, it's wild to me. Like. This is the thing, I am super down to have a conversation about storytelling, I, and I agree that there's actually a lack of storytelling, I think there's some bigger reasons for it that you might be missing, but it's just weird to me, the premise that you're going with, where you're talking about Huck and Idra, who were two of the biggest names in Starcraft Esports and like people really cared about, and also sealed GTSM, which basically like created League of Legends Esports in the West, in some sense, alongside Fnatic, I guess, Yeah. Like it's just weird.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, t- to the, even the point you just made, saying, talking about a five-game win streak, but then comparing it to a player's name, like, those aren't even the same narrative beats that you're talking about. Like, a win streak and who a player's identity is, like, I, I don't even understand how those are c- comparable topics. And then to the point, you just, like, dismissed, Travis's point, some of the biggest beats of the entire scene's history for these two different games. Like, I think you enjoy a kind of story, and that's fine, but to say that everyone is getting it wrong because we haven't given a nickname to every single player or something, it seems like the, the crux of, of the takeaway. The God Blitzcrank or Unkillable Demon King or... I, I don't know. You watch the Smash Doc and you like the robot, you know, for Mewtwo King.
0: I don't know. But let's let's dig in a little bit to the areas where... like, uh, You are not wrong to say that there are these other... You, you mentioned... Storylines that I think were relevant, right? Like Nestie was incredibly dominant for quite some time. Uh, I think Marine King, also one of those players that was up there during that time. Like there were a ton of these players who were very good and consistently won and always made it to the finals. I think StarCraft had the benefit of being a single player esport where you could basically do that because you had a lot of big names that would show up at the end because you just had these individuals playing, whereas you don't really have that in League of Legends. The areas where I like you mentioned Bjergsen and Doublelift, Bjergsen and Doublelift had crazy fucking storylines to the extent that like Doublelift in the West, I think is basically like the protagonist of League of Legends esports. I know, I know, Travis double blah blah blah, but like the amount of crazy shit that he went through, it just put personally and professionally is wild. Who else has any fucking storyline that gets anywhere close to that? Like. I, I don't want to. I'm not going to go on rant 500,000 about the turnover dude, in the league, dude, but it's like
2: literally the same point I have. So it's
0: yeah. It's like you can't like we we fucking rotate players in and out of the league so frequently that we never have a chance for any of them to like build up any story. Cool. Like, do you want me to talk about how fucking Stick is coming back again from being a coach to like competing on Golden Guardians and like wow that's a fucking crazy story. You know, it's just like it's it's the reason why this league was criticized for so long for just making every single thing about Doublelift and Bjergsen was because it was so hard to find any other players who could consistently be good consistently end up in the finals and who could consistently remain in the league in a at a time where play, teams are constantly looking for who the best player from Europe is that they can import over here for one or two splits
2: yeah like basically that same point where I think there are going to be some players in the league right now that you have stories that you can kind of build off of because there's a form of consistency. Like, Fudge Factor is, like, something that right now is, ru- is running with Fudge. Um, you know, Blabber has also been around for long enough to, like, have memes around him uh, and a name because, yeah, Blabber's crabber is, like, what Big, <laughs> Big is saying, right? Easy. Like, some of the players that have been around for long enough on a successful squad um, have, uh, you know, some form of legacy and identity around them but then you go around every other team and it's just a new face every time and every time it's you're having to rebuild um and i I, it's fine by me if a team like clg is a good example or golden guardians or dignitas like they're uh building new players and so you just kind of have to work build from the ground up on who they are as a player their identity if you like hey put them on broadcast enough times oh they're a little bit green and may not be able to communicate well enough broadcast like the entire process but then if you work toward that, and then you, they're gone the next split because the team... <coughs> TSM. Just is like, oh, we wanted to develop this talent, but next split, we want to do something new! Then you're like, what are we building towards, guys? You're not helping your own organization as you are not helping the League. And I do agree that there are ways we can refine storytelling to be a lot more fun and clippable, uh, in-depth, like different looks. Like, there's always going to be a different way to tell stories, but... Um, I felt like we were doing a a good job um, for the nonsense that was happening around us. And it's not just like a full-on defense. I just think that's the biggest issue is that teams need to find an ultimate direction, which is why I was actually pleasantly surprised with FlyQuest when they were sending all their players to Korea. I was like, wait a minute. You guys aren't changing anybody? No one? (laughs) Or Or 100 Thieves? Like, wow, you guys are keeping to an idea and maybe by the end of the year, it's like a player is gone or something. But at least you're keeping to something. Uh, it's crazy. Uh,
1: so here's here's what I'll say: is anyone who talks to me behind the scenes knows I'm I'm super critical of <laughs> of storytelling of yeah. my of our the products I work on and the people yeah. I, I work with. Like everyone knows I, I'm I'm critical. But you just got to make good points. That's my only problem with with the take is is not the the direction of the take, but the points made about. Like the Messiah, like the Nine Man Sleep is a play. Like we we title all these plays. Danny's play is now the Dream. You know the Pentakill. Like the big plays when they happen are going to get immortalized. People are going to start coming up with names for them. Like that's that's not the hard part. When it, when a player is an all time great, it's fucking easy to tell stories about them. The hard parts are, are the 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 less interesting people. To to Travis's point about Double F and Bjerg and like all those times, like it was easy to tell stories about them. Um And I think that's that's the, that's the area that I, I think there's more to be done currently, is like, okay, what do you do when you don't have a GOAT currently playing in your league? Like, who's the GOAT right now? I guess Bjerg came back, so it's a little bit easier. But like, you know, it's yeah. like, h- how are you going to start building up the other people who are not yet, like, winning titles all over the place? Thank God EG started doing something, because it's very easy to tell the Pentakill Prince, which is what Danny's nickname is right now. Like, I don't know if the caller is just not familiar with the storylines going on right now. Um, but, I mean, but like, these are these are storylines that are being developed. Jojo has the like the hottest talent to come out of the league in years is something that like I've been hyping up on my Twitter nonstop for all of MSI, hey, you know. And another thing is
2: every literally every time he gets a, a tweet, which is, you know, just another way of saying that he's gonna shit on something. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. I, it's put on broadcast and blasted. Like that type of stuff we want to run with. And well and what's
0: yeah. funny is like the broadcasting folks received criticism for hyping up JoJo. And Danny, so much like at MSI, people were like, Oh, they like really overhyped them, they talk too much about them, etc. We took calls about it on Hotline League. So, I like here's one area where I, I will, I will, test I will, I will agree with this here. I will, on the record, say I am probably worse at story building around players than I used to be. Um, I have less enthusiasm and excitement for it and like less creativity for it. I will own part of that. I think I will say that that is a bit of a symptom of the fact that it is, in my mind, really difficult to get excited for players these days because I just don't know if they're gonna be in the league. Think about how much effort was built, put into building up Summit's storyline over the course of this split. He received MVP. We'll probably never fucking talk about him ever again. Like, it is, it is just, it's really difficult because you, I, I want to like rally myself and be like, you know, I used, I used to say and firmly believe, and, and I still do, but to a lesser extent, but like, I used to say, like, what is my primary goal in the league, especially in the early days? It was to help people, people become fans of these other players. It is part of the reason I started doing State of the League way back in the day is like, I cared a shit ton about Idra and Huck, even if you didn't, and I wanted people to care a lot about the League of Legends players. And so I felt like that was a huge responsibility that I had as I was creating content around all these people and something I wanted to do. Um, and and it is just like way harder to have that enthusiasm these days when you have players like rubber banding, um, boomerang out of the league constantly, when you have teams that make changes so rapidly, and and it's it's just a lot harder to build that. So, like, I don't want to just say, oh, you know, it's everybody else's fault, but the content creators and the casters. But I will say that, like, it, it is – I I miss the old days because I felt like it was a lot easier to, to do this type of stuff back then. And um, I would love a return to – like, I hope Danny and JoJo play on EG for a long period of time and that they remain competitive because if, like, fucking Danny's on eat on dig next year competing for 7th. You know, it's just like it's going to feel really really fucking bad.
2: Yeah, I mean like another example is just that like I will never let my perception and this is always going to be a battle because people will think one way or another, right? I will never let my perception of whether I think a player is going to be here long term impact if I'm going to like talk about that player. Like if I think that Summit's I mean, not going been to here be here for a long here.
0: time. Huh? So the impact uh, you is- made a joke
2: oh yeah you're right you're right because impact's been here for a while right and maybe summit's gonna be here for a long time uh like i looked at the new uh change from tsm and having um you know losing kai duo i committed on the kai duo story until they fucking booted him on th- week three <laughs> and, like, and then i was like it's like now maple's in do i think firmly if you ask me do i think maple will be here next year fuck no i don't think so i will still sell the story like Because it would be a huge miss otherwise. If they actually kept him, if he stayed here, like that would be a humongous miss. So I'm going to still talk the story if he is the story of the team. But it is a problem. It's a huge problem. So, you know, I think the
1: team's got to start identifying it. Go for it. Final thing I'll ask for for the caller, Atis. What's the thing that you think like you want to see it do? Because the main suggestion I heard from you was like, more monikers and nicknames it sounded like for unkillable demon king and and some of like the the mad life blitz and the, the messiah and like you know the hook god and like these kinds of is, is it just like coming up with like flashy monikers for people um so
9: what i will say is that i haven't watched msi at all i've only uh watched local guys with the reddit threads and stuff but um yeah, people are more drawn or more easily drawn to players, whether like you play that role or they'll draw they'll be drawn to it somehow. And then they're more easily drawn to players than they are to teams. And so once you lead them to the player, they'll join the team. I I like the player and then I will a fan of the team over time. But yeah, that's exactly what I would suggest. Like if Danny, like Danny's the pentacle prince like you guys said if he went to tsm if he went to c9 if he went to any other team if it was Dardock who switched like to seven different teams i would still watch it because of Dardock, or what were i'd still watch danny if he changed teams once he has a a name whatever he goes it's going to be like you'll follow him and that's the only thing i'll say
0: we need to do a collab with marvel so we can get all these players superhero names is what i'm guessing uh mark you're muted um (laughs) <laughs> I,
1: I fuck I said they all need their origin movie. That's the problem. What's the origin movie for a Blaze Olive, the bench warmer. That's his nickname. He fucking warmed that bench for years and he got his shot now in Golden Guardians. Boom. I hate that. And now <laughs> he's going to lose it.
0: The <laughs> bench warmer. Pride Stalker's buddy. Uh
1: <laughs> Pride Stalker no longer here.
0: A uh, Blaze uh, Olive's uh ha- moniker is Dead Man Walking because Golden Guardians are waiting for Ole's green card. All right, Atus, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye to the end of the show?
4: Shout
9: out to Grubhub and Alienware. And my favorite LCS segment was the uh, Jat and Mark, um, I think mock champion draft, but that went away after like 2017. And that's what I miss all the most. They didn't do a broadcast. good job of
0: storytelling, I'll tell you that. Um Atis, thank you so much. Sorry if we if we came after you. Honestly, it was really fun to hear you bring up um StarCraft folks that I, I really enjoyed. It was just yes. funny because we op- were we're obviously on opposite ends of the spectrum over there. But thank you so much for the call and we'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you. All right. I mean the, the overall point that players will stick better than team narratives is like largely true people mm-hmm. enjoy players more i just think that the points that he picked to illustrate that was not helped by his actual like his case was not helped by his actual points you can you can be you could not be guilty of a crime but also incriminate yourself horribly and that's kind of how this felt to me where it's like the point you're making is fine but to then say oh i didn't watch any msi by the way yeah. is like how are you even going to say if the storylines were good or not if you don't even fucking watch i can we're definitely
0: mostly talking about lcs to be fair
2: I can definitely I know, take this point and run with it I, I, I think the only the thing that hurt him the most was that his major points were not he didn't understand the perspective of the community at the time he didn't understand the co- perspective of the community at the time in season 2 like I was drawn to CLG and curse because of their personalities but he didn't Yeah, the saints know the
1: boys the, exactly. the hot shots the red jeans yeah. yeah
2: he wasn't drawn to he didn't even I don't think he knew what Pentakill Prince was where I feel like that was the main thing you'd see from the signs fan signs going into the finals event like uh, the day after, because he got the pentacle again. Yeah. So I, I think if he had understood the narratives beats at the time and how the fan sentiment was, it'd be it would go far. Um, also, like I would come out and say that oh, you know, stories are better received if we have like more flashier segments and like more committed things. I I would agree with that. You know, like I, I think content um, could be better, but yeah, I, he hell yeah,
0: it could direction. be better.
2: He didn't go in that direction. So I was like, okay, we're just
0: going.
1: Hotline <laughs> Lee way. could be better.
0: The oh, other day I was watching one of my favorite content creators and he put out this new five minute show where it's all about being positive. The fucking production on that shit was garbage. And then I looked in the comments and there was another content creator in the space who was offering to help him level up his production. And then he just replied and spit at his face. He did spit in his and face. said, I don't want TGI to help me <laughs> with my show. I don't need you.
1: <laughs> if I don't see it on the camera, did he really spit? Raz, commit. <laughs> commit. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: All right. Um, uh, this yeah. was a fun episode, though. Uh, let's do some shout-outs. Mark Zimmerman, what do you want?
1: Uh, nothing.
0: Ooh. Dear God. Please Ooh. promote Blame Game, Mark. Check
1: out the Blame Game coming out this week. I've decided on one of the topics. It's gonna to be about this Mickey Mouse ass tournament that just happened, as I've heard people call it.
0: Mickey Mouse ass tournament. Raz. What do you want to shout out and plug?
2: Hello, my name is Raz, and I have this thing called R and R now. If you haven't seen the first episode, go ahead and watch Wait, it. Wait, is that Resin Refresh? Yeah. R N R.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Raz interview. Anyways, uh <laughs> Um, Yeah, episode episode 1 came out a little later. I think episode 2 will come out in two or three days from now. Uh, It'll just be about the finals. I haven't really figured out the topic because I just need to re re rewatch the finals. The first watch I did was just like as a fan, just watching, seeing what happened. Um, Second watch will just be like, what are the actual takeaways of this event for me? So that'll happen. Follow me on Raz, lol, on my Twitch, on my Twitter. and yeah, that'll be it for me.
0: People want to know where to find your YouTube video.
1: All right. Let me see if I can I'm find it.
2: Trying to help <laughs> you here. Cause people right, in the right. chat keep
0: saying, I'm trying to find this. And they're like, you don't have a link to it on your Twitter. You don't have anything.
1: I had to scroll pretty far to find it too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, for me, the viewership is not even anywhere close to what I'm, I care about with this video, but I think it is important to bring it up. Um, Do I have the ability to link on your account here, on your here, on your...
0: If if you're still a mod, I know I... I, Yeah, yeah, there you you
2: go. There you go. Boom. Fantastic. It's in the Twitch chat.
0: Anybody listening to the podcast or the VOD, you guys are... Good luck. Uh, (laughs) All right. For me, we have Resin Refresh back tomorrow. I mean, we did one episode last week. I don't think many people caught it but I think it's because Genshin was in the quiet time I'm gonna stick around on stream and try to get mommy Yalan for a little bit um so feel free to stick around if you're watching mommy live. Who? Yalan don't
2: okay. worry about it all right all right you know I'm a fan of mommy milkers I understand <laughs>
1: All right,
0: I feel like normally the Mark show, is the, rate, the one I'm more worried about. Raz has made more questionable <laughs> comments on this show.
1: Travis, <laughs> we're doing a waifu tier list this week after Resin Refresh, by the way.
0: Wait, I thought we already did a tier list. We
1: only did a tier list for most fun so far. We haven't done a, a waifu tier list.
0: Well, we might. What time do you want to do it? Because i I'm, I'm got something at three. Wednesday,
1: day. Sometime.
0: Oh, when? They, okay, we'll figure it out. All right, yeah, bye. All right, everyone. This has been Hotline League. Goodbye.